Welcome, everyone, to the completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. Ian gave me these wide eyes. All, <laughs> that's Ian Ferguson. That's I'm, me. I'm Hello. Pat Contrary. He looked at me like I was dinner for a second. Uh, we, we, got a, we got a fun podcast for you all. I'm in, a, I'm in a chipper mood right now. Ian's in a decent mood as well. We're both kind of rested, even though Ian says he wasn't. I think Ian's more rested than he usually is. I've the, been moisturizing at night, so I probably look a little bit more. Oh, right? is that why? Yeah. yeah. On the show, <laughs> try not try not to look so dead to the world when I wake up in the morning. We'll be talking about the Castlevania uh, Dreamcast Proto and some drama surrounding it. Does Nintendo need new IPs? A question, a serious question for a serious podcast. Atari NFTs and blockchain, and you, and uh, and you, <laughs> and we'll do a Patreon poll topic and some voice messages. Uh, Ian, how was your weekend? What did you end up doing? The weekend now includes anything pre-podcast, so it's like. Thursday-ish to like Monday. It's more than just the weekend. Now it's like you know, um, hung out. Days. I hung out with the Neen, uh, the Neen. Uh, that's what I refer to the cat now. Spike is is the Neen, the Neen, uh, because uh, Nino uh, for boy, just the Neen. Uh, I feel like as Spike hey, ain't no gets, boy. I think as Spike gets older, I give him different nicknames for different eras of his life, and this is the Neen era. Uh, but he's. Uh, He's been good. He's Call him the finger biter era. How about that? <laughs> he's been he's been real cuddly. Uh, I played Monster Hunter. Uh, I worked. I um, made uh, hamburger helper for the first time in makes a great meal. In I don't even why know how long, why a couple Ian? decades why Ian? I was, you need some cash to help you out. <laughs> no, get all little... no. While I'm in a decent mood today, I was not in a great mood on Friday, and I wanted to cook something and. Uh, I went to the grocery store. Well, no, what happened was, is I was on Twitter and uh, 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 some people that, uh, you know, uh, the, the um, I believe their names are Eric and Melissa. We see them every year at uh, Portland Retro Gaming Convention. Uh, they brought us the big jar of Reese's Pieces the one year. Oh, uh, yes. They had posted something right. about... They did. I didn't get one of those. You got Reese's Pieces? I shared some. Actually, I might not have shared them. No, I don't think you did. <laughs> I might not have shared them. Um, but they had posted something about uh, Hamburger Helper, and it got stuck in my mind. And as I went to the grocery store, I walked down an aisle, and I saw there it was, Hamburger Helper. So I grabbed a box of it, Come and, closer, and I grabbed a pound there. of uh, uh, ground turkey, and I made it. And um, Vani, like loved it because she was like, it's just like this crap comfort food. She's like, it's great. And I just felt so bad for serving my wife. It's just it's just seasoning in a packet, right? That's what it and is. It's some pasta. Yeah. It's, it, oh, it comes with the pasta. Yeah, right. it's, it's it's a macaroni and cheese box, essentially, that you, you add your meat. That you add meat to. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I just felt bad. But, uh, I feel bad that you bought it in the first place. But, it, but it's, it was, kind of, the, it's cheap, right? It's like a dollar fifty or whatever. It's it like a dollar twenty and dollar twenty in two thousand. Is a dollar twenty? And it's that easy to consume pap. So in the eighties, it was that was like thirty cents yeah. in the eighties. <laughs> it's it's soft, probably loaded with mono sodium glutamate. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, that that'll puff you up. You'll retain water. You're not gonna no MSG doesn't do that, Patrick. I was thinking of sodium. 
Oh, yeah, sodium will. Mono, <laughs> yes, sodium, sodium can. Monosodium glutamate. No, sodium will, MSG. not it can, it will. Okay. That's um, what I thought. I'm just saying there's no such thing as MSG syndrome. Um, I wasn't thinking about that. Uh, what else happened? Oh, I scheduled my first vaccine appointment. I get that tomorrow. All right. Pat won't be at risk anymore. I'm good. I'm excited about that. Uh, and I went to my dentist yesterday. Uh, the root canal I was supposed to have ended up not being a root canal. He was like, no, this really isn't as bad as I thought. Isn't that good news to hear? It's great. I was going to get, uh, when when my knee got, uh, reworked on in 2011, they were going to do that, um, that bad procedure Mm -hmm. where you make more, uh, they, they, you drip out the marrow from your knee to create more cartilage mm. in, in your knee because they said they, the, the doctor at the time not to make it about me but this is like it's good to get good news like this because I was going to get surgery where it was going to be like I would have been laid up for six months Yeah, where it's like you can't do anything with that knee because it has to congeal the marrow to make more cartilage the dumb doctor said I hate all these surgeons they all are assholes no bedside manner he's like oh yeah you got the knee of like a, a knees of like a 55 year old left your left knee I'm like he said, yeah, you can't be doing anything unless you get the surgery. I'm like, really? I've been running. I've been doing other stuff. So they open up my knee. Oh, you have cartilage in your knee still. I'm like, all right, thanks. So when I came to, they didn't do that procedure, which would have been bad for me. Because like, my life would have ended for like several months. So it's, it's good <laughs> that, for your teeth. No, yeah, exactly. It, and for your wallet. I, I like a doctor that doesn't go for the automatically most expensive procedure. He took an x-ray and he thought that that was going to be a root canal. And he got like, uh, he got a millimeter in there. And he was now, like, no, this is fine. Now I'm picturing... One of my favorite married children episodes. It's like season five where Al goes to the dentist, and it's Joe Joe Flaherty is, from SCTV is is the crazy dentist, mm-hmm. and it's I'm now thinking of Ian where like it's going to be catastrophic. He's like, you know what? I think we can save a couple of those teeth in there. Um, I like my dentist. He's a weird guy. He's really into the artistry of it. He gets really excited when he picks like the right shade for the crown and stuff like that. He's like, no, I think oh this is going to be a beautiful shade for you. This is going to be good. It's going to be good. And then, like, he's like, oh, this is perfect. He's like, come here, look at this. To the, the color of your crown, but you don't see the crowns in your teeth, do you? Yeah, you do. If it's, if it's back, you won't see it. All right, right here. No one's looking at your teeth like that, Ian. Oh, no I know, but that, that's what I'm saying. He's really into this aspect of it, which is not something it's not that like a lot of people color are. It's not like picking a color of a tooth, but... Oh, so your teeth are in better shape now. I have one more dentist appointment to go for two small cavities, and then my mouth is caught up. The, uh, I just have to go back for a cleaning in six months. You gotta take care of, I recommended the water pick for Ian. It's a life changer. Water I take pick. A, I take a toothbrush to work now. Water pick. Water um, pick, everyone. It's worth the 30 bucks for a standard water pick. It's better than flossing. It, it kills the tartar. Um, it's fantastic. So, yeah, that, that was my weekend. That was, it's fantastic. What the, did you do? The water pick. Um, I was going to say something else about the water pick. Oh, no. So real quick about the vaccines is that in California, they're going to be available to everyone starting the 15th of April. Everyone's 16 plus. So that's great. So Ian's going to get his and I'll get mine soon afterwards. And someone from Indiana is calling me for some reason. Fuck um, Indiana. But, wow. But, I mean, don't. I mean, that's if you live in Indiana, I don't well, mean that's, you any that's harm. That's harsh, Ian. I just meant in this specific, specific instance. God, man. Um, they're going the Indiana uh, demo. Um, what did Pat do this weekend? Uh, I, I worked on, well, I was working on, on, on the book, but um, I did play Pac-Man 99. I, f- I first saw our pal Andre play it last week after uh, my Twitch stream every Wednesday, twitch.tv slash country code. I do the 80s thing. Afterwards, we raided Andre. And Andre was playing Pac-Man 99, which first came out. They announced it only like uh, two days after they got rid of, uh, you know, uh, Super Mario 35. They said, oh, we got Battle Royale coming out. Bandai Namco, Pac-Man 99. I saw Andre play it, and I, I 
couldn't get a good feel for the game watching Andre play it. It looked it looked interesting. Like any, this is the third major battle royale game on the Switch after Tetris '99 and Super Mario, and I played both of them. Obviously, talked about both before, so I played that last night, and boy, does it stink! Uh, I cannot mince words about how much I do not enjoy Pac-Man '99. It pains me to say um, it, and it's also rare that I think we're both on the same page with this. But we talk about we were usually on the same page when it comes to stuff. I have not enjoyed it so far either. I I get I tr- I tried about a dozen matches to to see if I could like get into it and I um Pac-Man is an interesting game where I don't think the it translates as well as something like a Super Mario. Uh Pac-Man is a very it's super sim- super simplistic game versus Super Mario, even versus Tetris. It's super simplistic Pac-Man and it's always the same sort of scenario and strategy you're looking at consistently it's the same thing over and over again it's the same the the fruits in the same spot the power pellets are in the same spot the ghosts had the same behavior you know coming after it's the same thing so i'm looking at this game and like super mario 35 i can get into and sort of like devise and learn my own strategies as i went yeah i couldn't do this with this game this game was just survival and you just keep going and hopefully you're just twitchy and good you don't have to be twitching and good to that extent with Super Mario 35. You can sort of play at your own pace for the most part and be decent. I couldn't crack above the top 30 in this game. I think I got to 31. I was around the 30s to like 40 the whole time. My top was my top was I think 18 with the uh, majority of my finishes being in the 30 to 35 range. So it's so it's sort of typical where I, I, where uh First off, the Switch controller, the Pro Controller sucks for this game. The Pro Controller it and sucks. the Joy-Cons suck for it. I thought... I th- Real bad. I thought... Joystick, oh. D-pad, or buttons, none of the ways that the game is playable are... Or designed, really. Or optimal. The only no. way that I was uh, able to play it uh, without... Being extremely frustrated was with the uh, a friend sent me Joy Cons that ha- sent me a Joy Con that he modded with an actual D pad, okay. and I I could play it with that, but playing it with the Pro Controller D pad, absolutely not. It just constantly registers left, right, yes. up and down when you. Which press is interesting because on Super Mario Thirty Five, I never had that issue. I never misfired on Super Mario Thirty Five. On I, this, I misfired a lot. I, I did in Super. Like, okay, uh, so I misfire a lot on Tetris. In Mario, it's just less noticeable. I think because you're mostly going left to right. You're okay. not constantly going pressing up, left, up down. down. Le- yeah, you're yeah. not. It was bad. You're not using all so, four directions on the D pad. So I said, okay, the D pad stinks. Maybe the joystick, the, the little joystick, is better. It was and better, but it not was great. better. But I still fucked up. Yeah. And it, and if I didn't fuck up from those, if let's just put it this way, if I didn't screw up to that extent, I probably would have cracked lower in the thirties because that that killed me sometimes like like half the time i die was because of that yeah i don't like blaming the Uh, controller but vani was watching me and there were times where like i would literally just be going straight and i Uh, and it has the grinding mechanic that's in every pac-man since ce where if you hold up early you'll see a little spark when you turn you'll turn the corner faster so i'm trying to grind and like i'm trying to get ready and vani just watched me like five times just going this way and then Boop, right back into a ghost. She's like, what are you I, doing? I'm like, trying to fucking go up. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's I can't the, do it's it. It's actually the one time where the Joy-Con separate buttons would probably be the best way to play it, but I didn't try it. Yeah, actually, I, I didn't try that either. I tried the D-pad, but, my D-pad, and the joystick. But the separate buttons is what you need to play this game. 
Like, yeah. it, it, I, it was unplayable otherwise. So I get into it. So basically, this is the gist of the game. And I did not look up a review because uh, Ian on the phone told me, he's like, I don't like these games that don't have any tutorial to tell you what the hell's going on. And this doesn't tell you what's going on. So when you get into it, this is what you got to do. There's these, on the left and right side of the key, that's the stage name for Pac-Man, there's these little mini white little ghosts, outlines of ghosts. You pick those up. What happens when you pick those up is they, they then trail one of the ghosts coming after you. Right. When you get a power pellet, they all become ghosts you can eat. When you eat those ghosts, you send, send them to the other boards. Send the Pac-Man to other boards. You send, you send the, the white Pac-Man that when you go into, you slow down. That's basically the entire game. That's what I and the fruit, felt the, like I And figured. when the fruits come up, you get them and then re-register those right. lines. There's two vertical lines of the little mini white ghosts. That's the game right there. I couldn't see anything about clearing the boards for a bonus because the stuff keeps coming back. Maybe there's something there with the regular pellets, but this is my issue with with this game besides the fact that it's way too quick um super mario 35 you can play for 10 15 minutes this is these are done in minutes like low minutes. i actually like um, the quickness i just i don't like the my big problem is i don't like the little pac-men that appear on the board because they don't appear in any way that you can really strategically maneuver around and the slowing down is it feels so wrong in pac-man well here, here's the here's the thing Super Mario 35 and Tetris 99 sort of rewards you for how you normally play those games and be good. This doesn't. Doesn't. Well, this is this is like almost like it's a minefield that you have to go through, and then there's a lot of luck thrown in it. It's, it seems like at the same time, and then once you get to the red Pac-Man that you can't eat or avoid at all, the with you, it's it's a crapshoot. At, at least to me, it feels like more like, more like a crapshoot at it, that point. It, when I sat down, I I, I realized it's. It feels so weird because you're playing a game that's all about efficiency and score mm-hmm. as opposed to progress necessarily, whereas Mario is about... It, it, doesn't, it, it just doesn't feel right. Well, you're right. You have to absolutely kind of change how you cause I was think going, about the game. Because I, I, even subconsciously, I was trying to clear pellets. It's like, yes. well, no, you don't need to do that. And if they had based the game on clearing the stage... I think that would appeal to me more. Clear or stages and send ghosts. Do something like that. Eat ghosts and send ghosts. Create chains to send faster ghosts. Yes. But the they really didn't need they didn't need the the ghost Pac-Man. I think the ghost Pac-Man is really what kind of screws it up for me. Yeah, the, the, the one, even the ones that just appear there now, yes. now, before you even get to the red ones that follow you, and, and you can't they can't be eaten. They just, they have you to have to, to get a power them. pellet. Um, no, I think that when I got it, I, I, they still ate me. The red ones, I thought you can't. It could be. Because uh, that's when it's like below, that's when it gets into like the, you know, like not overtime, but it gets, it, it crunches. So yeah, super disappointed. I really, I want, I like Pac-Man. I did a video on him last year. Go watch it. No one watched it. Um, and I think there could have been a game here if it was like clear the stages and then we'll switch around. Maybe we'll switch around the patterns. Maybe we randomize the patterns. Or do something like that, you know, and that's that's part of the challenge. You make the patterns. Maybe it's like Miss Pac. You know, Miss Pac-Man has like those parts where you can't escape. Mm-hmm. Maybe those are thrown in as a, a, to your enemies. Something like that would change up the state. Something a little more creative than sending white blobs. Yeah, like, uh, that's not creative to me. That's just no, no. Um, and I, what uh, bothers me is that uh, we're getting along on this topic. Already, I know, but, but like, it annoyed um, me this game. No, it annoyed me too because the. 
there is a perfect fucking Pac-Man game for this style of gameplay yes. that they have done fuck all in terms of actually trying to get it on a system in a way you can play, and that's Pac-Man Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it on your iPhone, but you need fucking codes, and you need to be there to play it with four people. You can't just oh, jump into God. a random game. They've never just put Pac-Man Battle Royale on the fucking app store or, or, or an online store and let you match up. It's the simplest thing they could do, and everyone who plays that game at an arcade loves it. I introduce it to every it's what I possibly game. can at conventions. It's amazing. It's, a, it's and fantastic. While I have not played it, I think the Pac-Man Battle Royale game that they did for Stadia, uh, Pac-Man Tube, whatever. Oh yeah, got Pac-Man coach. Tube Battle. Um, I think that that is essentially it's a bunch of Pac-Man Battle Royales that end up they throw you. They basically yes. it starts with a bunch in like like a bracket, and you just go towards one. So it'd be battle. battle Royale '99 or whatever, where you go down. But, to but one. it's playing the smaller instances sure. of that game, and you just keep progressing. That's, that would have been that's, better. That's brilliant. I would. I, I would. I, I would love pay, that. I would pay fifteen twenty bucks for that. Me too. Speaking of paying, I ain't paying the money for this shit. I'm not paying for the single player or any of the themes. I saw Andre. Andre, it's 30 bucks if you buy the bundle where you get the single player offline mode and then you get, there's 20 theme packs that change it to all these classic Namco games. You got Mappy, you got even Rolling Thunder, you got Galaga, you got Rally X, and a bunch of others. And and no Miss Pac-Man because probably weird rights issues. And there's like four or five Pac-Man things. If you buy them all individually, Ian... It's like it, forty bucks. It's more than that. Mm. It's it's fifteen dollars for the offline, and then it's two dollars each for the boards. It's fifty five dollars to buy it individually. I think thirty dollars is way too much for for that to begin with. If it was like fifteen twenty, maybe because it'll be more difficult. I saw Andre play it with like uh, Albatross from Only Thunder or Galaga. I can't picture getting it, it. They're actually the themes are actually nice. I'm not playing on the themes. No, the see, themes are nice. This is, it, this change, is... it changes all the, the visuals and it changes all the music and, and the things like that. And even like um, on uh, Dig Dug, the music only only is there when you walk. So and, and it stops. No, so that, it's interesting. Well, that's what kills me about it. I I I really want to like this. It brings me no joy to hate on a Pac-Man game. I mean, no. Namco and Pac-Man are like my bread and butter, which is why I probably feel so strongly about this. Um, but all the DLC is, I, I, from what I've seen, the themes are actually done really well if you are into Namco's old games and licenses. If it was a good game, I honestly would buy the DLC no problem. I'd be like, okay, 30 is a bit much. I would prefer this to be 20, but I would have done it if it was a game that I could see myself enjoying. I'm glad I didn't just assume it was going to be good because oh, no. I, I would be uh, miserably upset I, at spending that money. I didn't tell Andre. I don't have the heart to tell Andre how how bad I think this game is. I got to text him like, I did not have fun at all. No. And I thought at least... Uh, here's the thing. And before you say, well, Pat, maybe you suck at it. I was not great at Tetris 99. I enjoyed Tetris oh, 99 I was, a lot I was actually going to say that, too, because I... It's I, not I, about that. I was better at Pac-Man than at Tetris, and I did not have nearly the, the time I had playing the Tetris game. There are always people who say it's because you're not good, no. and that's exactly... No. I was going to use the exact same example. I am miserable at Tetris, and I am extra miserable at Tetris 99, and I've put probably 10 hours Tetris in Tetris 99. Tetris 99 is head and shoulders above this game. It's a fun game. And we didn't get to the fact that I couldn't even figure out... Uh, the ghost setting, how there was two sides to it, I did not know what that meant. I don't know if that meant, like, 
it's for that side and that side, but you used both sides. There was eight things going on. Yeah, well, one is, so I think you can... Trail, I think power, you can affect, whatever. I, so I think if you, like, pick trail, you'll somehow get more of the ghosts. Okay, or yes, I saw that. If you pick speed, you'll be speedier. Yes. So you can pick some sort of advantage for you. Oh, so it's offensive and defensive. You can pick okay. some sort of advantage for you, and then you can pick who you're sending the sure. uh, ghosts to. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Cause, yeah, that's right. Because if you get the if you got the fruit and you do that, it, it sets speed up sometimes. That's yes. Right. So... Anyway, whatever. Moving on. We've spent too much time on yeah, it. It's disappointing. It was, yeah, it was very, very upsetting. Real quick, uh, the passing of DMX uh, at 50 years old, unfortunately. Uh, it, he was one of the biggest rappers in the late 90s. Uh, he, he was like the, one of the soundtrack. If you made a soundtrack in the late 90s, he's on there, DMX. He had like five number one hits, you know, crossover, and he passed away. And uh, he was a, a supporter in a small way of the NES Marathon. He retweeted at least one year the NES Marathon. There, there was always NES Marathons. People try to get like celebrities to tweet about it. And we got like, I don't know if we got Corey Feldman once. We got a few celebrities. And DMX was aware of the NES Marathon, at least. So at one point in time. Uh, rest in power, DMX. All I can awesome. really say is, I mean, it's been a weekend of people saying things about it, is uh, addiction is ugly. And I wish there were more yeah. resources for people in this country. He's only 50. That's like so weird. It seemed like he'd be older. He's only 50 years old. He was so young when he was, he was at the top of the game there. Uh, speaking of game, GameStop seeks a new CEO. So uh, good old uh, George Sherman AutoZone guy. Seems like he's on, he's on the outs there because they're trying to, uh, with, with this guy from Chewy, uh, the online pet store company, the, the guy that is now a minority owner in, in the company is trying to turn... He wants to turn GameStop into a, a digital powerhouse like like he did with Chewy before he sold it for like a billion dollars, the guy. That's what he's trying to do. So looking to replace current CEO George Sherman as it shifts from his brick-and-mortar roots to an e-commerce focus, Reuters said, citing unidentified people familiar with the situation. We didn't even talk about Reggie Fils-Aimé left the company. No. A few weeks ago. He left the board. Yeah. He's done. He got his check and he's done. Less than He a made year. it sound... I mean, even... It sounded like it was going to be a temporary thing when he joined. I can't remember the exact wording, but something was like, I'm here and we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, they probably pumped the stock price a little bit at the time. So, um... Sermon was CEO for, uh, for two years. GameStop didn't comment. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, Cohen coming along. Ryan Cohen, he's the chewy guy. Uh, who wants to turn around GameStop instead of enjoying his billion dollars. He wants he wants to try to turn around GameStop. Maybe he liked it as a teenager. This guy's not that old. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. I just know that the AutoZone guy was not going to work. Uh, so it seems like he's going to be gone pretty soon. No, I mean, we, be. we talked about that when it happened. Uh, working at AutoZone, uh, a place that sells things that you constantly need. That you can't get a digital version no, of no. Through, through your PlayStation <laughs> is, 4. It's is very different. I can't go on the Xbox and get a carburetor. You know, it's not going to work out for me uh, to do that. Um, and GameStop, is, is the stock is still, it's not at the peak. It's still going to go down at some point. And I'm, I'm guessing at this point, GameStop can sell. Uh, they can they could sell stock to get a cash infusion for, to take advantage of the higher stock price. They couldn't originally because of SEC's rules and regulations, which I don't get into. Uh, but um, they could. But uh, the stock ain't going to get back to where it was. No. It seems like the meme stock thing is already dying off a little bit. Like, mm. It seems like they realize that yeah, you can't really sustain that over a huge amount of time. Right. It's got to be very specific stocks and moments you can't keep it going they, they knew how to they gain that up, one they, yeah. but they don't know necessarily how to exit this scenario sure uh ea granted a patent for dynamic difficulty you're the big ea guy 
Ian, you know about the FIFA Ultima. <laughs> I'm the big You're EA the expert. guy. I know something about hey, it, if I we, guess. If we, if we do video game years 2017, you're the guy to talk about the FIFA Ultimate. I'll be sitting there next to you like, well, I don't know what's happening. Um, right so they uh, basically EA has been granted a patent for new, uh, new diameter. For nude? What? New dynamic. <laughs> new dynamic difficulty in New difficulty. Um, and people are concerned. Uh, that it's going to be used for Ultimate Team, uh, basically to make the AI harder, or bas- basically make it so that people are afraid that it's going to make it so that their great cards are no longer going Aren't to really... as great as they sh- should, should be. be. Yeah. To keep you f- constantly buying and playing. They're using that Karma engine they got, they got from yeah. Amico. That's what's happening. Um, so... Adjustment te- difficulty adjustment technology has been around forever. It's fucking called rubber banding. Um, I'm sure they've got some special way of doing it, but yeah. Oh, they were granted a patent, and technically yeah. it's different. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of cloud base where yeah, it's going to each individual player and being like, well, how much money did you spend? Maybe and yeah. What, your, what is your player loadout? Let's. Ooh, this is yeah. So they dirty. haven't spent any money in a while. Let's make it more difficult for them so they'll go spend more money. Um, it's been a while. Uh, uh fuck. Um, yeah, if I was a person who was playing this, well, one, I wouldn't be, but if I was playing this, this would be the time to get out and stop giving EA your money. But most people won't know this. Most people play, that's a problem. It's not like they're, it's not like that's they're going to That's why you listen to the CU podcast. That's right. All, all you, all you, uh, Brits and Europeans and the few people in the U.S. that, that will, that like soccer. Um, that's why you listen to us. But no, but seriously, it's not like they're going to have to do a warning legally be like, well, we're using a system to, to have your players play like shit if you're doing well. I mean, there should be a warning. Because all of a sudden you'd be like, wow, I can't beat this team. I could beat them last week. Right. So I got to buy more packs of, 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 of non-fungible guys. We'll get into that later. Non, non-fungible. <laughs> non-fungible players. No, you can fungible. These players are fungible because you can trade them. You can right? fungible. You can fungible them in some way. You can trade a non-fungible token. You can't trade it. It's all well, the ownership. Well, yeah, you can you can sell and sell it to someone else. Oh, that's not well. Fungible, non fungible means that oh it cannot be replaced by another thing that okay. is the same. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later topic. Uh, uh, past the intro. People Moving on. Say. Time for some plugs. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, you got the ultimate Nintendo.com where you can buy totally fungible uh, books. Uh, Blu-rays, uh, pins are, are semi-fungible. RBI baseball stickers at ultimatenintendo.com. Uh, if you're in Europe, you can go to pukapukagames.co.uk. I just got another shipment in of uh, NES and Super Nintendo books. No, the Super Nintendo ones are sold out again. They're more on the way, though. I'm trying to set up a, a, a hardier European distributor for now. Our pal Kieran at Puka Puka Games is your source right there. I'm on Cameo, cameo.com uh, slash Country. I gotta do a shout out later there. Exciting news. Are you gonna get on the cameo? Am no. I refer you? Probably so I can, not. So I can take some of Cameo's money when you when you get paid. <laughs> I am probably never going Come to do on, it. Come on, Ian. Ah this is this is like the most camera time I need. Uh, exciting times. Uh I'm excited, Ian. In my world. Uh Streets of Rage 4 DLC has been announced. Very excited about it. Uh the Mr. X Nightmare DLC. As coming this year. So Streets of Rage 4 was my game of the year last year. I think it is one of the greatest video games ever made. Um, I stand by that. It is probably the best beat-em-up I, I have played. I need someone to make like like how e- like how 
all the websites when they go to conventions they do the little plaque thing. I need an Ian face for his publication for Game of the Year, event yes. Game of the Year. We yes. need someone to make that. Now. Yeah, I I will give you out know. my own game of my own awards. You know, back at E three, they used to put their, like stamps and ribbons like for their games. They someone would walk around and literally put something on there. We need an Ian version of that. Basketball classics should get one. <laughs> Um, so, anyway, the Streets of Rage 4 DLC is looking uh, hot, looking good. New characters. Oh uh, big, big, uh, big news for fans. Estelle is going to be a playable character. She was, the, co- she was the cop character enemy who becomes sympathetic during the very touching storyline of Streets of Rage 4. Uh, we're getting to the lore of Streets, <laughs> yeah, the, of, Streets of Rage 4 lore. Of Streets of Rage 4. But she, I'm, she was a, she's a tweener. But I'm very excited to be able to play as her. Uh, new levels. She's the one with the cool hair I'm looking at. Yes. She's ripped with cool hair yeah. and like body armor. Yeah, she's fucking sweet. Um, About thighs of steel. Her and Mappy, only good cops. Uh, so, um, uh, new music as well is coming. Uh, I think it's going to be very exciting. I do feel bad for anyone who bought a physical copy uh, because do feel bad because this game is no longer complete uh, anymore. Well, you can get the real copy then. Get the sure, DLC, though. Uh, but the whole thing of these physical copies is it's supposed to be like it's everything. You buy it once and you're done. But is it though? I mean, well, that's the problem. We're getting to the point where that's not true. I have the physical soundtrack uh, for this game. Uh, three three LPs. Are they going to send me uh, a, uh, an expansion LP? Uh, that's, mail to you. I would I would like the option to buy an expansion LP. Yeah. Uh, for this, we'll give you one of those those little mini CDs. So uh, there's also going to be a free update that uh, adds some uh, balance, uh, adds some balance patches, and I think that adds the music, the characters, and the levels. I think are going to be. Paid, Would I like this game? DLC. Oh, I never played it. I don't know. It's fucking fantastic. Okay. Do you like good beat 'em ups? No, you just like Double Dragon. Fuck you, Ian. I love <laughs> Final Fight. It's one of my favorite games. <clears throat> Did I tell you I've got a Final Fight board on the way? No, let's not gloss over this insult <laughs> you just threw at me. I'm trying to gloss by it. I don't. I've I've only been talking about this game for a year. Would I like this? No, Pat. I'm just talking up bullshit. I'm just trying to get you to, to give me the, the soft sell on it. I I know I I did I I liked the original ones in the Genesis. I they just weren't my favorite games for beat 'em ups. They were they were all right. I liked Final Fight style better. That's all. I like Final Fight a lot, uh, but I think Streets of Rage Four really just nails everything. So good. Yeah, that's right. I don't like beat em ups. I don't like Spider Man Arcade, X Men Arcade, Simpsons Arcade. Never talk about those ever. Um, never, yeah, never even. No. Just, just the big Double Dragon I, fan. I, I, every other week, I, I complain about how Ninja Turtles Arcade was never ported back in the day. No, no just Ninja Double Turtles Dragon. Arcade. You mean Simpsons Arcade? Ninja Turtles Arcade never came out back in the day on a system. The original Ninja Turtles Arcade game. Why are you looking at me like that? Like I'm like, like came nuts. out on the NES. That doesn't count. It's a that port. Pat. That doesn't count. That's bullshit. It's a port. That game sucks. I don't like it. A real sixteen bit that looks like the arcade version. Sure. A Turtles in Time version. That doesn't count. Don't <sighs> insult me. You want to talk about Alex Kid? Bullshit. No, you sure. Talk about it. I'm all ra- ramped up. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Look, I had to take a double dragon dig. It wouldn't be me if I a, did a triple it. D, a double Tri- dragon a dig, triple D, a double dragon dig. Dra- it's, it's been a while since it's that. Like you can't. All right, never not hit God, the goddamn buttons. We're in rare form. Rare form. today. We're in rare 2015 form. Pre NES guidebook form. We don't care about anything. Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, what the fuck? So they announced a game. With this trailer, it's going to be on June 24th. I love the, these short release dates after trailers. This is how it should always be. No more than like seven weeks. That's great. Eight weeks. Um, it's going to be on PC, Steam, and Epic Games Store, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series 1, Xbox. 
uh, one, blah, 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 uh, and Switch. They always have Switch last. And we, that Switch thing. So if, if you love Alice Kid in Miracle World, you know I do. This is your upgraded version of it with cuter graphics. It's still a, a monkey guy, and you still got your punch going on. And you're still... Basically, the three things everyone knows about the game. You punch, you get a motorcycle and other vehicles, and you play... Rock, paper, scissors. Which in this... John Ken Poe. Yes. Which is like a highlight of this trailer, which is why I don't like Alice Kid in Miracle World, is that, like, if that's the the memorable thing about your game, is that we have to defeat all these um, enemies with something that's random, but really is not random. I don't like it. Oh, is it instant? Is it instant switching back and forth between that and, and the eight uh, uh, bit version? I believe so. They, they did show. They do show it in the trailer. I like it when they do that. Yeah, it's a great idea. It I, looks nice. I wonder if future game will do something like that. I don't know. But anyway, so it's it, it looks interesting. I never was big on it. I reviewed the game back in what 2014, where where uh, Frank was trying to make uh, the Struffley, and Ian shows up and yells at me in my room. Classic episode. It's like a mess for some Christmas, but uh, are, do you like Alice Kid in Miracle World? Are you excited for this? Will you, will you give this a shot? That's a no. <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I uh, will probably pass. I have bought a lot of these. It, it, it's not even just the Alex Kid in Miracle like World. Like the Dragon, thing, dragon Trap one. I bought that, and it's fantastic. Like, it's gorgeous. It sure. really yeah, is. Yeah, these look great. It really is. But it's they're such... They're such... I have the game on... Uh, PC Engine, um, and it's they they're they're such faithful reproductions that flip between the graphics and the original the model game. that it, it is it's the exact same game. I really like the art, and it's nice to see it. But I don't like the game that much. I I can go back and play it. I don't like the boss battles in the game. I don't like the rock paper scissor. I don't I don't like the um. It's a, it's a little obtuse at times with the power ups and the items. But from what I remember the last time I played it on the mass system, I just, it's, I'm just not a fan of it. I, I try to be every time I go back to it. Hopefully, they switch the fucking punch and, and jump buttons to be yeah. correct. Yeah. Or Holy jump shit. is on the outside and punches on the. Oh my god! Yeah, you're killing funny. me, yeah. Sega. You're killing me. What are you doing to me? Um, but no, there's some nice stuff. The vehicle stuff is cool and cute. Even though you know, as soon as you get a vehicle, it's gone sometimes because you hit a red ball. It's ridiculous. The punching thing. The punches are too short in the game. Yeah. If you get a power up, it's better. But anyway, I try to like Alice. Could I try? Yeah, just not, I try. Just not that one. Excuse the, the, me. the other one's good. I'm soured on the whole series. Uh, let's talk about the PS4. Okay, go for it, Ian. What's PS4 will reportedly no longer allegedly physical and digital games offline with a battery missing CMOS battery. I don't really know what that means technically. What a CMOS battery is. However, this is bad. This is bad, and this is coming on a lot of anti-preservation PlayStation shit, which is just not making them look good. Um, well, this, the CMOS battery is the same thing like in your computer. It holds all, all the, the internal clock stuff. Okay, so it's just an internal stuff. battery in the way that most internal... It, it, it's that, the same thing it, as one like your computer. serves the purpose. Okay. Yeah. So if the CMOS battery uh, fails on your PlayStation 4 and you are not connected to the internet and you try to play any game, you will get a CE30391-6 error. 
Oh, um, talk technical to me, baby. It turns me on. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is awful. I have no idea what can be done to fix that. Uh, if it's something that Sony can decide or not decide to do on their end. But as of right now, it looks like within a set number of time, we are going to have PlayStation 4s that are unable to do anything uh, if they are not hooked up to a network. Eventually, networks are going to go down and batteries are going to die. And that's going to be a uh, a lot of shit. Because it has to be from... What, is it because it has it to be... I was trying to finish my thought, but I couldn't finish my thought. Oh, I didn't think I was interrupting you. Stop talking. No, uh, I was thinking. Anyways, continue. Oh, you Dreamcast now? Um, yes, it's thinking. From what I've read or gathered, it's because it has to be has to do with linking to achievements, and a lot of some achievements are time based or other. So, like, if you can't have a time in your console, you can't have achievements. You can't link to the. You can't play. It sounds stupid as hell. That's the bottom line. It sounds like there's got to be a, a way around this or, or some firmware update to change this bullshit. Yeah. This is so anti-preservation, I can't think of anything else. Not that those batteries go right away, but they, they can eventually go. Right. Extremely like, anti-consumer. Half the ones in the Saturn that you find are gone. You have to replace the ones in the Saturn. Sure. You know, to hold the language. That's why you turn on a new Saturn. If you keep doing the time and you keep doing the language, that's because the internal little... It's like you know, the bigger wash battery. It's gone. Same thing on your computer. So it's it's horrible news. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Then, I, then it, it replacing it sucks. And then you've got to replace it. you got to fucking crack open your, 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 your... Then all the settings are gone. And repl- this is bad. It's bad. It's bad. Let's talk about something a little crazy, though. Let's talk about something a little weird. At the beginning of this uh, podcast, I was negative about a Pac-Man game, which is just absolute bizarro. Uh, negative shit. on Namco, Ian. Negative on Namco. N-O-N. Is uh, not negative on Namco is not something that I would ever expect from me, and I would not expect me to ever say this currently. But I am going to say I'm kind of interested in a Zack Snyder movie. Uh, so Army of the Dead, uh, the trailer for the new Zack Snyder movie uh, came out this morning, as far as I could tell, probably right before we started doing this podcast. And I watched it, and I want to see it because it's a zombie movie starring Dave Bautista and Tig Notaro. Uh, and it looks extraordinarily dumb. Um, it's not as dark and blue as uh, I mean, judging not by as the, desaturated. Yeah, not as, not as desaturated as his superhero movies. It's actually kind of bright looking for a zombie movie. Uh, it's got smart zombies, which is not always my favorite thing. Uh, but they're, you, they're they're closer to I Am Legend zombies, right? They run around like people. They can think for themselves. They they form a hive or a community. Yeah, uh, it's got a zombie tiger in it. Uh, I'm kind of on board. I don't expect to be wowed by it, and I'm probably going to cringe a lot while watching it. But uh, I will watch Batista take out zombies. He, I will. I will do that. Yeah, he's like he's like a short order cook with a cute little cap on in the beginning. They, he, he's hired to with him, and I guess he, I guess he's an ex-con, and they do heist. And there's a group of like what eight or nine of them. Oh, yeah, how did I even leave that out? It's also a heist movie. Apparently. It's a heist movie. So I can picture the first half being the heist, and then the second half being we're going to fight off zombies, like it's a video game basically. But it's but it's dumb. And it's the one time where you want Zack Snyder to direct and write something when it's dumb and you don't want to pretend that there's anything serious or thought-provoking behind it. Zack Snyder is the person I would want to do my zombie movie. I don't necessarily want him to do anything. Uh, oh, okay. I, I saying, mean, that's, that's how a choice. Me, but uh, of the movies of choice. his that I've seen, his Dawn of the Dead remake was the one that I oh, enjoyed yeah. the most. Yeah, I like 300, but Dawn of the Dead was probably the best package of a movie. That, that I've seen him do. It was uh, loud. It was it was loud, bloody, and dumb. Yeah, and I enjoyed it uh, well enough. 
So uh, I will. I will. I, just, I will absolutely give this a chance. If he wanted to make a four-hour version of this movie, it'd be the one time I think he could get me to watch a four-hour. Maybe movie. he helped kick off the current zombie craze <clears throat> with that movie, and maybe he helps close it because also uh, Walking Dead is thankfully fucking ending after a billion years and no one watching it anymore. So thankfully, we, you know, we can close this like twelve, thirteen, fourteen-year ch- chapter of zombies that started with like. This Dawn of the Dead remake and like Shaun of the Dead, like we can just close this shit up and get rid of zombies for like a good twenty years, like how it should be. We don't need zombies all the fucking time. Sorry, okay. we, we don't need fucking. Uh, I don't know no, no, that 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 uh, Lincoln movie was vampires, not not zombies. Now I want to see Lincoln fight zombies, though. Now I want to see that. That would have been a better <laughs> movie than fighting vampires. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. It's going to be on Netflix. Yep. Uh, it seems like movie theaters uh, are going to come back and be a thing. Uh, maybe this summer? Maybe? If we're, or, if it's positive? I'm uh, sorry, I don't want to get political and talk about COVID vaccinations. But um, it, I'm, actually, <sighs> I'm actually sort of bullish on the numbers and the, the availability, which is good news, knock on wood. It looks like people are... Uh, it, initially, when the vaccine first started to get rolled out... <clears throat> Um, it did not look like it was going particularly well, but now it seems like no, it's actually Moderna, happening Moderna, fairly fast. Moderna pumped out a ton of them yeah. to help, and um, yeah, uh, I'm hoping within a few months, I, I, yeah, that we're not going to be back normal. We will be approaching getting back to normal. We're have the Olympics too, which is going to be going to be hmm. uh, super nice to have the Olympics back uh, for sure. And another Olympics in, in six months. So, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happier in general right now. Ian. It's, it's good. We got we got something to look forward There's to. Some positivity going on. There's lights at the end of the tunnel. Yay! All right, let's transition into the real meat and potatoes. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape. You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, Ian, we spoke about the Castlevania Resurrection Dreamcast prototype that was uh, found, uh, that was what, like two weeks ago or last week? I don't know, time doesn't have any meaning anymore. It does not. Um, And the person found it on, on a disc and then they made a YouTube video showing it being played. It's like pre-alpha alpha. It, it's almost like proof of concept um, there. It's an adventure game, uh, action-adventure, similar to like you said, like, like the ones that were on the N64. And, um, ones on the PS2 and Xbox as well. I forgot about those. We're similar. So, um, yeah. Now, though, it, what happened last week is that we missed it. It was put on eBay, the disc, open auction to a game that we don't know was either backed up or dumped, which always raises the hairs in the back of our necks about when it comes to game preservation, because we've been down this road before with with uh, with other people, even a self-proclaimed game preservationist that puts games on eBay that aren't dumped and preserved, um, and then bad things happen because we don't know what happened, and 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 those games that that. Self-proclaims uh, game preservation put on eBay. We don't have any. Oh, you mean Patrick what... Scott Patterson? Yes, we don't know what happened to those games, and that's been years now. That's like two years ago, at least. One hell of a preservationist. Uh, we don't know what the plans are for those games. We don't know if they're backed up at this point. We have no clue for those uh, those games. So this is always the danger. So the auction goes up, 
and I saw it at twenty grand, and then it was gone. Uh, according to this video, we'll get into in a bit. Um, it got to twenty five grand before it was pulled off of eBay. Not just ended by the seller. It seemed like something weird happened. It was pulled. I can't find the eBay listing. I searched, but I couldn't find it. So this YouTuber named Dongled, um, who is a big Castlevania fan, check out his video. We're getting news from him. He had the skinny on yes. what happened here. So this is what happened. Uh, the, 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 the composer of the game that was hired by Konami, Mark Lindsay, got in touch with Dongled. God, I wish I knew your real name, sir. I'm not comfortable call, calling you Dongled, but okay. So um, the composer reached out uh, to the person running this auction who was going to profit a lot if these were real bids, and probably some were. Maybe not all of them were, but a lot uh, here. And basically uh, threatened him legally. Threatened, threatened the seller and said, listen, I own the music that's part of that demo or that version of the game on there, so I want you to take this down. My understanding was watching the video, and I watched it right before this, was that basically he was like, he said it a little bit more broadly. He was like, you don't own what's on there, and mm-hmm. I can rattle. I, I can I can make some noise. Sure, but it was a legal threat. Uh, that, that oh, yeah. It was a legal threat, and so the, the seller got skittish and, and took it down. There was... Um, a question and answer. I did see this before it was pulled where someone asked, have you backed up this game? And the seller did say, to their credit, I have backed up the game. Right. I mean, that's as simple as ripping the uh, you know ripping it off of, of the disc. It takes you like, you know, five, ten minutes uh, to do that. So that's a positive. So now we don't know now where this, where this stands and what's going to happen with this or it's going to be released. I have not seen an update uh, since then when it comes to this. So I, I'm, of, I'm, I'm of a mixed mind now when it comes to this. Because um, it's extremely shitty to put this up on eBay to sell it. Uh, but was it within the seller's right to do that? Yes. Legally, they could sell this. If this was not... Uh, if, if there was a sort of chain of custody that it was not stolen. If, if this was something that w- should have been returned to Konami at some point... And if Konami had... I, when I first saw it taken down, I thought, well, Konami, Konami did it, said right. that that's ours. It was taken from us. <laughs> We own that. If that's the case, then then yeah, he couldn't sell that. He couldn't sell it because Konami would not only own the intellectual property, they would own the disc itself. Here's the thing. If this person acquired this disc legally, they own that disc legally. They don't own the IP on the disc, but they own the disc. They can do whatever the fuck they want with that disc. They can destroy it. They right. can trade it. They could sell it. It would be like trying to. It would be like if I was trying to sell a copy of a video game and someone Same was thing. like, I, I worked on this. You can't sell it. It's like, no, this is my copy. It's the same. It's the same exact scenario. It doesn't matter if it's one of a kind, two of a kind, or a million of them. It's like sort of that first sale doctrine, where I bought it, I can sell it to someone else, or trade it, or do whatever with it. So I am not comfortable. I'm glad that it was taken down, the auction, because we we could have gotten a weird spot where we don't know who's bidding on it. And I talked about I don't even before right before this I don't like how um, people basically hold these these IP the IPs for ransom uh, that hasn't been reserved. So that's good, but I'm not comfortable with legal threats that sh- should not be thrown at people uh, to, to threaten uh, to intimidate people. That I don't like. I don't like a, a legal threats that, that probably have no legal standing uh, for them to occur. That I'm not comfortable with. So th- I feel weird about the whole situation. Yeah, I do too. I don't uh, think there's legal standing for it. On the other hand, I'm happy with the outcome it generated. I'm just not exactly happy with how they went about it. Um, to the composer's credit, he wants it released for free. He wants it 
he wants it preserved and released out there. He doesn't want this person making money on it. I, I get it, but I, I don't think that legal threats was necessarily the way to go about that. Yeah, and now that it's been revealed in this video, what what the... I mean, if you want it, if you wanted to intimidate the guy not to release it, don't put out this video explaining the situation, how even the composer knew that, well, I really want this out for free. Because once you say that publicly, even if you try to sue... If I was a defense lawyer, I'd say, well, well, you're not concerned with that, the IP, because you want it out for free. So right. what are you doing? So the whole situation is weird. It's like you're working against your own self-interest, revealing that information, if that's the strategy you wanted to go with. So the whole thing is sort of muddy, and now what happens? Now you got someone that cage has been rattled, that wanted to make some money. Like I, it, it's this is this is why in, in general though this is why I hate when they reveal. We talked about how I don't like when anyone reveals we paid money to get this. I don't think you negotiate with terrorists or reveal that that sort of thing if you can. That's all because this is this is what happens. Now we don't know if this is going to get released. This person might just clam up or try to sell it privately. Now, you know they might find someone. They're going to have the people contact them who bid on it. I mean, there's probably some interaction there. Yeah, we're kind of once back you, to square one. Once you get back mm-hmm. to twenty, when you once you get to twenty grand, you have serious buyers that will try to get in touch with you privately. They'll, 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 they'll get your content information or if they had them already. So this is a, this is a lose-lose. I mean, no one wins in this scenario, unfortunately. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Yeah. Did I just, did I just ramble for like five minutes? What happened here? It's did fine. I, did I cover everything? Yeah, you covered it all. I, I talked too. It was fine. You, you, we did it. That was this was a Pat dominant segment. We did about it about Castlevania. When you probably know a hell of a lot more about Castlevania, the Castlevania <laughs> series than me. But it was more of a. It was more of a. I need to, uh, no Pat math. I got Pat law. Well, I, I, I talked a little bit about the important aspect of what, where 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 it stands in okay. the Castlevania lineage last week when we talked. Okay, about I, it. I'm not trying to do a whole audit uh, of the segment. <laughs> every every segment we do, we're just going to talk about. How do you think it went? Ian? Do you think, was, was there enough exchange interaction between fine. that? It was good. All right, so we'll, we'll it was see a what fine happens. segment. It's fine segment. We'll see so we'll see what happens in, in the future. Go check out dongled dongled. Check out Dongled Dongled's video uh, uh, about it uh, for this, and it seems like he has a lot of other Castlevania stuff, like retrospectives, that you can check out on his channel. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Nintendo says it will focus on more original game series in the future, uh, in addition to its uh, successful uh, IPs. So... Um, Nintendo is kind of on record uh, in an interview with uh, Japanese uh, news agency Nikkei. Uh, Furukawa uh, says that the company would commit to creating more original game franchises in the future and emphasize that the Switch firm would need to continue to innovate in order to maintain its relevance within the increasingly competitive home entertainment marketplace. With the expansion of time spent at home, the range of entertainment as an object of consumption is expanding, the present says... Competition is tough, and I am not optimistic. Wow. Okay. That is interesting. I wanted to bring that up immediately because I find that to be uh, interesting coming from Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't ever really seem to talk about competition, really, or talk about their their optimism. They kind of always exist. They just say, "Oh, we make games on their own." We, we, uh, we, find, we, we, we hold things close to, the, close to the vest. It's interesting to hear this from Nintendo right now, especially when they are just absolutely um, beating it up on the market with the Switch. I mean, they're just they're doing insane sales with the Switch. It has opened up a theme park. They're yeah. doing, a, doing a Mario movie. So I feel like uh, optimism might be warranted. 
Hey, but I understand wanting to be cautious, and that's that's fine. Well, I mean, you got the mobile market that was not as huge even four or five years ago. Even even when the Switch came out four years ago, it wasn't nearly as big. It's blowing up the mobile game market. Um, you have two new consoles that just came out. Uh, even though there's not a huge amount of them, uh, and there's not really a reason to own them really yet. So I can see him always want to be, okay, we got to make sure that we don't go the Wii U route and then lose all our gains. Right, we can't like, lose yeah. our edge. We can't yeah. succeed and then lose our edge. That could be an, uh, a translation thing. But Studying yeah. various forms of entertainment. See, that's what's interesting, because like for so long, Nintendo was like, you know, we're not doing movies, we're not doing TV shows, and now we know there's going to be that one, that one, one movie, but maybe you see a Netflix series or some sort of, you know, like there's, they got all these IPs. They can try stuff. They can experiment. Right. You know, and they got the money to do that. Like they could do like a, like a, like a Legend of Zelda, you know, like Amazon series, whatever. Like they're doing the Lord of the Rings one. They can, they can try to do this stuff. They can do like a Samus series or they can. Yeah. They can take, I think they're, they can, there are tons of production companies that would want to do it and they can just license it out and have some creative input for it. I think they are uniquely poised right now. I think this is a, the time, if they were going to experiment with movies and television, this would be yes, the time to do it. Yes, because there's so many different avenues that they can do it, and less, and less risk for like a theatrical release. And plus, the other thing we're talking about, you keep more of your money when you're not putting stuff in theaters. Like, if you can do like how Disney Plus is doing, it's like, well, people are buying our service. We're keeping all, this, all their subscription money. We're not sharing with the movie theaters, you know, when they're going to see the Avengers stuff. You know, obviously you want that money as well, but... It's, we're in a different spot even from, from the past couple of, of years. So back to their properties, um, they don't release a whole lot of new properties. At least they haven't in, in, in well, recent years. Where's my list of um, IP? Over the past 20 years, this is from the article, the company's most significant original IP launches were Splatoon 2015, Wii Sports 2006, and Pikmin 2001. They haven't done anything with Wii Sports since the Wii U. I don't even know that you could necessarily call that a, a, a franchise. Uh, you could, but... It, it's just such a... It's, it's, not, it's not really an IP. There's no, like, notable characters or anything in Wii Sports. So I think it just makes it harder to market it is, is something they like only that. have about 25 to 30 ips like, like technically when you look at the list it's not a huge amount um not counting like the third party weird shit that they published i'm talking about like the first party stuff yeah um pikmin is popular but not insanely popular um splatoon on the other hand has done fairly well uh, they have tried some other things that haven't worked as well they've tried arms which honestly is as much as i enjoyed it it was a fairly bare bones game and i don't think it went very far they've really tried to push the competitive aspect of it but um i don't think that really worked for them i do think new ips are important for nintendo i think um having something successful that you want I think you want more properties for people to look forward to that way when you don't bring back certain older properties um, you're still keeping things fresh at the same time yes I new IPs are good but you have people out there who want new F-Zeros you have people out there who want new Advance Wars games. They have IPs that they're just... You have people who would love to see the 3DS Kid Icarus game get a port on the Switch with real fucking controls instead of having to hold it with one hand and aim it's, shit with the stylus. It's been 20 years since a Wave Race game. Like, yeah. Let's do a Wave Race. That would sell. It, may not be, it won't be Animal Crossing, but there are people that are like, oh, this is a cool game. This is like a cool, fun racing game. And, like, let's... 
I, I need to stress, I really do uh, want them to take some risks and make some new IPs, but you have you have all of these old IPs that you haven't done anything with that people would be really happy to see again that is less risk on your part. Yeah, advance. Bring back an old IP and do a new IP. That's fine, but don't... There's, there's nothing else on the system that Nintendo does that's like Advance Wars, like a strategy game. Like, put that out. Yeah. It's been so long, and it'll be fresh, and people are like, oh, I like this. There's nothing, nothing on the Switch I know of that's like, especially with Nintendo's first-party you know, polish or second-party polish that they can do with that. Like, there's there's stuff here. I, the, I think... I mean, God, if they announce an Earthbound game, forget it. The world... The internet would end. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm just... I'm not saying they, they should do all these at one time, but there's enough stuff here where you don't necessarily have to go and try to create all this new stuff. It's been so long you don't have, since we've had some of these. I get it. You want to do stuff that's not Punch Mario out. and Zelda. Sure. But you have... Tons of great IPs. Nintendo doesn't need new IPs as much as it needs to learn how to manage the ones they already have. I think 12 years between Punch-Out! Mm-hmm. games is sufficient. You can put out a new Punch-Out! game. Yeah. Uh, 12 years. It's been. 2009. Put out a new Punch-Out! Put out a new F-Zero. F- and then Advanced dabble Wars, in. Put out an Advanced F-Zero. Wars. Wave Race. It- and then dabble in a new IP. But don't... Talking about how you need to find new IPs without addressing the old ones, I think it's just going to make fans more leery of whether or not they're ever going to see anything from any of their these old series ever again. Yeah, there's a billion Pokemon games, which I get as a different company technically, but like, there's other people out there that aren't as we'll just say as expressive on social media and Twitter that might be like, oh my god, I haven't played F Zero in forever. No, that was still there. I have a Switch. I'll buy F Zero. Yeah, we've said it every week. I, I, I'll buy an F Zero game. Um. This, this line is also a little... Uh, this makes me a little nervous. Uh, speaking in a previous Nikkei interview published in February, the exec said that any successor to the Nintendo Switch must be able to offer consumers new forms of entertainment. No, <laughs> not necessarily. When you strike on something that works, you don't always have don't, to abandon that yeah, for something I need, new. I don't need to watch streaming services on my Switch. I don't need that. Like, well, you know, I, like I don't necessarily need new that. forms of entertainment. Oh. No, my my fear is that that means that it must have motion controls or it must oh. have a tablet. Well, it has you, motion controls. You fucking nailed it with the Switch. Yeah, you did. You nailed it with the Switch, and I understand the the need to innovate, but. Nintendo. Some of the biggest pushback against Nintendo comes when they insist people need to use these new methods that they come up with. Yeah, and I can't. I don't like it. Thank God they didn't lead into the 3D shit because that that's ne- never took off and it's it mostly a, was a fad. Sony leaned I, into it too. I mean, they had a fucking branded PlayStation 3D TV that you could buy. I'm so glad that that went nowhere. But then, with, but then even with the VR, it's like I'm glad Nintendo was like, okay, we don't need to go there. Let's just stick with our bread and butter. We tried 3D with the 3DS, and no one really used the 3D with the 3DS. And we, we probably destroyed some six-year-old eyes with that, allegedly. But, I mean, like, we're just going to keep... We're just going to keep what we know. But a lot of their best stuff doesn't use the gimmicks. Yes, Wii Sports did, but, like, some of the biggest games on the Wii, New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, uh... Or I think it was just New Super Mario Brothers at that time. Um, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers... All of their bread and butter series that did not shoehorn in motion controls. It's never, it's never the gimmick that gets people to stay with a Nintendo console. No, and arms, sticking to arms, they, they, that was the thing. We're using you can punch with the Joy-Con stuff, and, it's <laughs> and like, you can play with the normal controls, but you don't get the same precision you do with sure. the motion controls. And that's why I never picked up on arms was because I didn't want to use the motion controls, but I felt like I wasn't utilizing all of the capabilities of the game using the actual controls. Sure. So I bounced off of arms. Stop it, Nintendo. You have creative ideas. There are things that are like good, but you don't need. To... It's like candy. 
One piece is good. Two pieces is even better. Ten pieces is overkill, and I'm sick of it. Like, I don't... Stop. You don't need to offer me a new form of entertainment. I really like the form of entertainment you've given me with the Switch. Despite the fact that the Switch is very clever in the fact that it's a handheld and a console, it's done the least um, in terms of weird shit of of recent Nintendo consoles. When you're holding a a, a Switch or you're playing it on a TV, it's just a fucking video game console. It's just a video game. When you look at the stuff that Nintendo has, all the... God, 1080 is technically Nintendo. Yeah, it is. That's right. I don't think... Well, that's right. They did a GameCube one. No, that was yeah. The N64 one was developed by yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, they did. A, they did. A, I'm just saying. I didn't did, think they. That was like in their line of well, we did Wave Race, we'll do 1080. It didn't do as well, but so when you look at the list of Nintendo IPs, I don't count Arms as a real fighting game, but they have Smash Brothers. They have every genre covered for the most part. Like even like I'm looking at this list. Like I mean, technically, Sin and Punishment was all published by Nintendo. I mean, if you wanted to say that, like, well... Sin and Punishment's treasure, but I think it's it's still one of those things that it, it's though. Nintendo. Yeah, it's Nintendo. They're, they're related to it. <clears throat> You're so allowed I mean, to like, have... Yeah. That's what I mean, like, so, like, even if Nintendo went to treasure, if they're still around, hey, we want to do another Sin and Punish, we want to do another cool rail shooter. And they'd be like, okay, Nintendo has almost every genre covered when you look at this list. In Vance Wars, they have strategy. They have all these multiple racing games. I mean, they have Fire Emblem. Adventure. That's the problem. Fire Emblem took over Advance Wars. Oh, yeah. Fuck it's made by the same people. Come on, man. Come on. Let me get tank, cool future tanks and shit. I don't want just guys with big swords. Anyway, so they have all these genres covered. Punch-Out! is a sports boxing game even. So you got all this stuff going on. You just have to do it more regularly. I think that's the thing. You have to do it more regularly. And we're not even counting all the Mario at the Olympics and Mario Golf. And you know, like that's all covered. The sports stuff is, for the most part, covered. Cutesy Nintendo stuff. They just got to do it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of in agreement. I think there's enough, there's enough IPs to play with. You just have to go back to them. Yeah. I mean, what genre did we miss that Nintendo doesn't have covered? Action Adventure, they got that with Samus and Zelda stuff. They even had first-person shooter covered with Metroid Prime. You want you you want a first-person shooter? Nintendo do a first-person like a modern one and come up with their own IP. You got Splatoon. That sort of scratches the itch for you know for a shooter, right? Like that's like that's the Nintendo style shooter. They're not going to do like a blood and gore one, would they? You know, probably not. So you're pretty much covered. So there you go, Nintendo. Just use what you got. And come out with them one, more than once every like 10, 15 years, and I think I think you're good. I mean, we're still gonna. I mean, we're gonna come out with a new Star Fox probably on, on the Switch. Uh, probably gonna do that. You're gonna have a new Metroid. Give give us something else. Well, give us give us one of these C tier ones we talk about, like Advance Wars or Wave Race or F Zero. I don't even think F Zero is C tier. It's just that like you haven't used it in so long. Um, <clears throat> no. F Zero was really popular for a while there. I mean, there was two Game Boy Advance cartoon games, in like Japan. a cartoon, the Game Boy or the GameCube game, and then the Super Nintendo game and the N sixty four game that got a one of the few games that got anything on the disc drive. It got the expansion yeah. pack in Track Creator. So it's not like F Zero didn't have. I don't know if Nintendo thinks we can't have two of the same genre at the same time with Mario Kart. There's different audiences for Mario Kart and F Zero. F Zero and Mario Kart a, play very different. F Zero is closer to a more traditional. But that's always game. what I've thought too. I've, I've always is that is that really Nintendo's thing? Well, we can't do two racing games because it's going to impin. No, F Zero is different. No. No, it's totally different. Racing is an entire genre with many different yeah, types of games. Wave Race and F-Zero and Mario Kart are three entirely different games, just sharing the same genre. Wave Race is amazing to go back to and play. I'm glad you enjoyed Wave Race, because I was talking it up a bit, and I haven't played it in a while, but I was talking it up when you were getting ready to review it for the book, and I'm like, no, I remember it being a really fun game, and you enjoyed the heck it's out of it. It's better than I remembered it. Yeah, it's a it's, good game. It, it's technically... 
one of the most impressive games I think that could have came out at like the, more of the beginning of a system cycle that really used yeah. what the system could do. The, tra- the transparency of the water, the, the physics of the water is incredible that they figured that out. It's randomized. You know, like it's random how the the ebbs and flows. Yeah, riding the waves actually yeah. feels fun. Like it's very yes. unique and interesting. Sorry, this is coming at Wave Race retrospective, but well, is it twenty fifth anniversary this year? When did Wave Race come out? Good question. It's got to be getting close. When do we, we might have missed it? I, mean, I should know. I just I just did the review a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, it's coming up in September. All right, there you go. Cool. All right, we'll make sure on. to do a whole episode. On yeah, Wave so we're gonna Race. do twenty minutes on Wave Race, the Game Boy game, the N sixty four game, and the GameCube game that no one talks about. Yeah, I never played the GameCube one. Like I own it. I game play. Boy one's fun. I mean, it's simple. That was the original one. Technically. Yeah, it was. That's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. The flowers are blooming. The grass is growing. And it's time to chop those weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. You can trim your manhood safely and efficiently. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code CUPODCAST to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. That's right, Pat. Spring has sprung, and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing products. Have you heard of their Weed Whacker? This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in all your delicate areas. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. Ew, gross. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. Day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot out there, and this is extremely crucial. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers. Speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature sent by Manscaped. Stuff's legit. It'll have you smelling like royalty. Smell good and feel good this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. All right, Ian, um, we've been talking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which means they cannot be replaced. They right? cannot be funged. They cannot be funged. It's based on blockchain technology that stamps digitally your token which could be a picture or a video for the most part you own that you own that you're the only person that can own it other people other people can have that that media that picture or video but you actually are the owner the other thing i would point out is it's it's non-fungible because it cannot be exchanged it's like when a record collect uh, like a record gets a numbered release Mm -hmm. if i give if i have a dollar and you have a dollar and we swap dollars we technically end up in the same place if i have if I have one of 100 and you have three of 100, well, technically it's the same item, but we do have different instances yes. of it. And we'll get into that. They have numbered tokens, basically. Like We talk about the NBA. Uh, the NBA. Many world. NFTs are not released as a one-off. They are released, one-off they're released as additions, meaning you sure. get one of 100, two of 100, three of 100, etc. So we talked about this with the, what was the NBA NFT. Again, they were the first one that blew this up. Uh, ter- uh, top Shot. Top Shot. Where you basically buy packs of digital cards and you open them and you get your little five second, you know, pass clip or Curry hitting the three or someone dunking or block. And there's marketplaces for these. We're just going to go over this again for you because this is really blown up the past even three months and it's already 
going to probably burn out. My understanding months. of it is uh, constantly evolving, too. So if I get something okay. wrong, I'm sorry. Before we get to this, but in the past few weeks, uh, we have, like, Tom Brady has an NFT company now. They've sold Gronk rookie cards for, like, a million dollars. I mean, like, or NFT cards. We'll just say that. Um, WWE just did Undertaker once for WrestleMania, where they were going for, like, 10000 or thirty grand or fifty or 100000 um, Insane. Tops is now doing baseball, baseball cards, which is basically t- what Top Shot is. They're basically basketball cards, but they're videos. So we're getting to the point where now it's just becoming like any other collectible where it's becoming highly speculative. And when you say people are collecting these, I might believe you if I see it, but this is mostly how with baseball cards got in the 90s. This is speculation. This is, I'm going to get rich off this stuff eventually. And yeah, some people collect baseball cards, but the bubbles came because you can get rich quick, basically getting mm-hmm. this stuff. So, retro gaming is now there with it for the for this was my first. I, I, was, I was looking up retro gaming NFTs to see if someone created one. If I wanted to, anyone can create this. I can go create an NFT NWC gold card if I wanted to and auction it off. I could. I can go do it, make it one of a kind, and put up for auction, and you can get crazy people to bid on it. Maybe I'll do it as an experiment. Here's the point: Atari, who previously uh, wanted to do cryptocurrency. Their hotel. They try to do the watch thing, and they came out with the, with a, a console that's already no one talking about because there's no reason for it to exist besides slapping a penis on it. We are now here. The NFTs come at the perfect time for Atari to whore themselves out for something else, and now this is a market where they actually can make money on versus like a hotel with Atari. NFTs. I have to give Atari, modern Atari, credit for one thing, and that is not letting not letting a single trend pass them by without slapping Atari on it and somehow. having zero shame to try whatever we want. Uh, speaker hats. Yeah, we'll just license this out to anyone. Obviously, the Denny's thing was a huge success with Hasteroid, so we, we <clears> give them credit for that. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's a licensing company, Atari. The the, the owner is out of France. It's a licensing company. That's what it's become, which is fine. Someone, you know, they, they, they bought it legally. They got it. They were done with it. Was it, who owned it before? Was it Epic had it last? Who had it before them? I forget. But um, yeah, so this is what they're trying to do. They launched Atari Nostalgic NFT Collectibles for Pong and Centipede. Yep. Um, I actually saw that because I follow Donna Bailey on Twitter, and she was retweeting some of it, which was oh, awesome. she's on Twitter. Donna, ba- I was just thinking about her the other day. Yes. Like, what happened to Donna Bailey? She's on Twitter. I follow her, um, which seemed a little odd for me. I'll admit because it, it seems like everyone is anti NFT until they get an opportunity to somehow make crazy money on an NFT. Which I mean, whatever, hey, make your money. Hey, I, I'm, I'm three seconds away from doing a, a fucking uh, past collection line and sure. si- and seeing if people start trying it. So it's called the Atari Capsule collection that's what it's called there's a website set up for it and the website is actually pretty cute it does the little uh there's donna right there yep it's always one end i always forget that yeah donna with one end and there's a little cute little uh little atari little timeline here um and it goes up it basically goes to 82 because that's when atari's relevance basically ended was was about 82 we'll just say that's That's, true if you want to talk about the links a little bit but i'm talking about in general that's when it ended in terms of like we, we we own this market so um so you can buy let's see centipede only one available so here's one that's only you can buy it on uh view on block party so block party i guess is this a marketplace for all these nfts there's like three or four of these that popped up um please don't tell me like, i created all oh, the auction closed the atari capsule collection of centipede went for twelve thousand two hundred fifty dollars important to note uh, the NFT also came with an arcade cabinet. Oh, okay. 
All right, an original one or 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 one that was mocked uh, it was up. An orig- so it's an arcade. It comes with an actual arcade cabinet that has original. Okay, a, an original arcade cabinet that has a new. I think they said like augmented reality overlay or something, one of a kind, so that you can point like your phone at it. And I don't know. Okay, it comes off of it. So, so this is interesting. So it's not. It's 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 a little slight than batshit crazy. It's still crazy. Right. This is the weird thing though, because I would I would totally okay. expect Atari to just make a bunch of digital cartridges, which they did, and send them out. And, and sell them as NFTs, but even Atari is like, okay, if we want to get some money for this, we've got to give someone something tangible. At that point, auctioning off—I think it was a signed, you know, centipede cabinet. You're getting something with it besides. Oh, no, it's, no, it's digitally signed. The NFT. Oh, the the NFT Donna didn't sign the, the cabinet. Okay. This is just a, I mean, a centipede cabinet goes for like a thousand bucks. Right. So, I mean, like, but that's, it, it, it's still something like it's I, something. It, it, it's something besides just the the item. I think they realized they needed to sweeten the pot. somehow. Uh, you don't have to. That's the whole point. Like, you don't have to sweeten. Apparently the pot. People not. are fucking crazy with this stuff. Yeah, this is crazy. It went for this much. Oh, yeah. Wild. It, it's it's what is it? It's just, it's just a spinning arcade cabinet, digital spinning yeah. arcade cabinet. That's what it is. Literally all it is. So then they have the, that's the one of a kind one, though. So that's the where it's like you're banking on. Someone being crazier than you that wants a one of a kind NFT, even though now there's a billion one of a kind NFTs that are out there, including what would originally start for was actually artwork. Right. That's where it actually makes sense. Okay. Then they have stuff like the the kid pixel retro pixel art on Block Party. They're all sold out before I even click on it. Um, and, and what do these go for here? Um, let's see. Oh, like the Pong one, the one of a kind Pong one, did it get the respect? It only got seventy five. Well, it went for seventy five hundred only. Which is interesting because a Pong machine is a lot harder to find. Did I come with a Pong machine, the Atari, the the the, uh, the Pong one? Let's see. Did the Pong one come with it? Uh, no, they couldn't find a Pong machine. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like you get a Pong machine with that. Uh, it's just a three D digital scissor by Al uh, Alcorn who worked on it. Yeah. So uh, interestingly, it shows what the NFT is worth without anything else. <laughs> what the NFT is worth with something else. I well, centipede's more popular than Pong. Sure, that, yeah, that is true. You know, but um, so yeah, these are like little digital videos. Like here's Pong being played. This one's still available. Ten available. It's the rendition Kid Pixel Pong Retro Pixel Art. So Kid Pixel, I guess, is the artist who. It's a little Pong, little pals go back and forth. It's a little quick little video. And uh, that's going for, uh, let's see. Oh my God, there's more than I thought. There's yeah. there's little images of a little gif of all the different creatures uh, with their scores and what they get you. Those are one hundred and fifty dollars. Those are those are going for that. Um, there's a little design of a wooden little like three D thing of a pong cabinet. That went for twenty five hundred. And then here you go, Ian. Uh, this is what I'm going to get into. This craziness, gold centipede cartridges. Yeah, representations of gold centipede cartridges. <laughs> that's what I saw. Not that's, even the original one. They're gold. That's where it completely fell off. <laughs> I was like, all right, what, what is this shit? They sold. Yeah. For there's one that went for a thousand fifty, a thousand fifty one, a thousand fifty, thirteen hundred, and a thousand and one. So they did. What's that? Five of them. They sold. Uh, a pawn quarter sold for seven hundred fifty one dollars. It's in my little like case, like a fake case. If you actually yep. owned one, mm-hmm. again, these are not real real items, items. you are receiving. Mm-hmm. These are not like that. We made five gold centipede cartridges, nope. and we're going to mail them to you. No, nope. you're getting a picture of a gold centipede. You're getting a cartridge. picture of it that I can also view right now. I can view what you own. Again, I, I, for those that understand this NFT thing, that's what what makes it so wild to people. It's like, well, you don't own you own that digital item, but not even the intellectual property featured. In that item that you own, 
It's weird. It's really, it's a brave new world when it comes to this stuff. So I guess the next conversation is, this is accelerating far quicker than I thought. I thought, okay, this is going to ramp up by or later in the year. I said, you're definitely going to have baseball cards and other cards, and that's already happened with Tops announcing it. That makes sense because that's basically what happens. You open up packs of cards for some of these things. You're basically gambling mm-hmm. at that point uh, to get that chase cards. That's what, that's what happens with Top Shot. Um, will we see like Disney get into this? Will we see Nintendo get into this? And everyone else that says, you know what, we can we can make some money. Who cares that you know you're helping destroy the planet by using all this all this extra fucking energy to create this blockchain technology to do this? That's basically what's happening. Right. Uh, crypto uses so much energy; it's nuts. It's unreal. Yes. Um, they constantly talk of of energy efficient ways of doing it, but they've, from what I understand, that's been talked about for years yeah. and years and years without it ever actually getting there. No. That, but that's. But I don't want to get. It's, pol- to, it's to kind I, of soothe I, people. Yeah, I don't want to get political. Oh, yeah, don't get. I, po- talk about, don't ever uh, have an opinion on your podcast. That has nothing to do with politics. But anyway, um, fucking take a hike <laughs> but anyway so we're gonna see other companies do this i just wonder because if there's money to be made they're gonna do it it's whether or not disney's gonna be like well because you can't sell these to kids that's the thing it's, you need a credit card to go online to, to buy these from marketplaces so it's like you can't be like will a kid be like hey i want the i want the mickey mouse nft where they disney makes you know five thousand of them sell them for like you know five bucks each or whatever i'm just thinking out loud i don't know if that's gonna catch on the kids because again you can't do anything with these you can't do anything with these. I got into, not an argument, but I talked to someone who was like, well, what makes this different from collecting a physical item? You can usually do something with a physical item. If it's a video game that had an application, plus that wasn't created literally yesterday. The video game was created 35 years ago, and there's a use to that. Even now, I can put it in and play it. I can do something with it. It was created for a specific purpose. You know it would be wild if uh, digital picture frames made a comeback? I heard they were. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. For, for the one-of-a-kind art piece, what better way to display your that you own that one-of-a-kind art piece with digital picture frames? Those started to blow up in the late 2000s, early 2010s. My, my friend... I, I feel like about, it was even earlier than that, but yeah. But that's when they became commercially viable. My friend used to make them before they were a commercial, real commercial product. He used to make them. He'd buy his own little mini LCDs and make it from scratch and sell them. Yeah. I, I said remember, to him, yeah, I said to him a few months ago, hey, hey, if you actually invested at the time, you could have been a company that made those, like for real. Like you were, you were ahead of the curve knowing this would be a thing. But I've heard they've made a minor comeback because of that. Now, I mean... They're never going to blow up because I don't think NFTs are going to catch on with like everyone. Because I think at some point you you have people that be like me, like I don't buy into the concept. I don't buy into it, even as a, as a, a potential to flip it. I just don't buy into the concept. I buy into the, into the concept to flip crypto or 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 doggy coin or whatever. I I I see that as something even beyond the NFT. With NFT, you reject the premise entirely. I reject the premise entirely when it's NFT. Yeah. I, I sort of reject the premise, even though someone will say, well, Pat, it's just clickable, clickable, it's digital. What's the difference between that and the physical? The fact that I can right-click your image and have it. Yes. You can't right-click my Wally Bear Than No Kids cartridge and, and create own. another copy of you it. You can't do that. That's 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 where I, you lose. I can't double-tap a person's baseball card and now have my own baseball card. Yes, correct, Ian. There's nothing more unique about owning it. That's the thing. There's nothing unique about owning something digitally versus owning something physically. That's that's where it comes down to. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about creating artificial scarcity. That's all the conversation. How these are all artificial scarcity markets created. All of them. 
they are defining at the time. We are it goes, these are all chase cards now, where it's like, wait, we're going to make a hundred of them. Why are they worth that much, Ian? Well, well, dumb Pat, because we only made a hundred of them. Because I said so, and people think that yeah. there's only a hundred that they're they're rare. They're they're hologram baseball cards or hologram, you know, like but in digital form. But they're all like that. So now we're getting off topic. I wanted to tell you how crazy this has gotten so quickly. Where because this has gotten crazy so quickly, this will probably bottom out quicker than you thought. Yeah. That's that's why I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think so. I think if um, <clears throat> we were talking about it a little bit on the phone last night, everything, especially now, we don't talk on the phone. You know, we talk about it. Uh, rarely. We come on the podcast and we, we just go, and that's it. That's our podcast. Um, it's actually kind of how John and I do our podcast. Huh. Uh, p- pandemic time has accelerated everything. The rise and fall, the popularity of things has come and gone. Remember when everyone was baking bread? That seems like it was a fucking decade ago. It was a year ago. It was less than there a year ago. There was bread baking going on? Yeah. Remember Bean Dad? Bean Dad was a short three months ago. But Bean Dad seems like Bean Dad was 25 years ago. And at the time... We I thought, almost forgot what at, Bean at, Dad at, was. At the time, we thought Bean Dad was going to be the biggest shit. It was going to be around forever. We are so bored... We are so fucking bored and lonely that we are just churning through news and fads at an accelerated rate. And I think that's actually that's going... This, this is. I think that that's, this is going to accelerate. We're all at home. Artists are sitting behind computers. People are like, I can mint this for a hundred bucks and sell it for profit. I'm going to try because we're all bored and doing nothing. So I, I think this is really going to accelerate it right into the fucking ground by Christmas. Because at some point you realize, oh my god, I spent how much money on these NFTs? I'm doing what with this money? And either then you would try to say, well, let me see if I can try to sell it. You may not have a buyer months down the road. Sure. You may not have a buyer that's going to spend, well, not even for the $12,000 for the centipede one, which you won't get the cool cabinet uh, there. But I mean, like, are you going to find someone that's going to be like, I'm going to buy this gold centipede uh, CG image for $1,300? You're gonna find like you you. That's what you're betting on. You're gonna find someone. I mean, unless Pat Pat, you're crazy. People are actually collecting these and putting them on their hard drive and going and having a viewing room and they're clicking. Oh, with their arrow. Oh, there's my NFT. I own that one. I own that Undertaker thirty thousand dollar little thing of him, like uh, you know, exploding something in the air with lightning. Like, I'm not. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that. This is actually a collectible market. This is a hundred percent speculation. Yeah. Unless you know someone that's into collecting digital goodies as a thing. like I've seen some people do it and compare it to buying skins for, like, a game. Um, and I think there are marketplaces out there, I, without looking into it, I think there are marketplaces out there now that are doing it where it's cheaper, people aren't exactly trying to get money, and they look at it as a weird, fun thing. But I honestly think anyone who's trying to invest in it is crazy. Because that's the thing with this, like, gold Atari cartridge. $1,300. You're buying that. You're paying $1,300. You're acknowledging that it's having a moment right now and it's going for a stupid amount of money. Now you have to imagine that there's going to be a time in the future where this is worth more than $1,300. And I can't do that. And here's the other problem. I, I feel like this stuff is all going to get its highest purchases right now when it's a hot fat. And here's the other thing that with these NFTs is that you have to uh, people have to be aware of this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. So it's not like with baseball cards and comic books. You had shops, you had publications to sort of pump up the market. Remember Beckett for all the differently Beckett for hockey cards and baseball cards. With the NFTs, y- you have to bring awareness that these are important enough for to get other people for that specific NFT. So you're gonna have your Top Shot audience. You're gonna have your Atari ones. You're gonna have whatever if Nintendo does them. It's so it's so all these different realms. 
it almost to me sounds like pogs in a way where you have the main category but then you probably have people that are only interested in like i don't know the pogs that are like the tick or the pogs that are marvel if they had i have no idea i'm just that's how it seems like it's to me but hey you can own pogs and actually use them to play the pog game right so i'm not i'm not trying to put pogs down but they, pogs had their moment <laughs> pogs had their one or two year moment and like was it the late 90s they had their was it mid to late 96 97 probably the ideal year there yeah when you had pogs that got big and guess what happened to that marketing did that are there million dollar pogs that i'm not aware of i don't believe so no so um that's all so this isn't even this isn't even like i'm not even down in atari because at this point they'll do whatever to make their money and i mean it's not even discouraging this is this could be one of the best things they've done no if, out of if, all their if, ideas if, if freddie chesney was not out there doing uh fucking nfts i'd be concerned about his well-being right now I, I, i'd yeah. be like has anyone hey, seen fred and you know what this didn't take three and a half years to come out like the BCS. They got this out immediately. There's a weird trend happening that he yes. needs to jump on. <clears throat> Do we need to manufacture anything? Oh, no. I, we can just get someone to make an image and click a few buttons and make a fucking uh, blockchain a, a, a digital signature on these images and videos, and you're done. That, that that's what's amazing about this anyone can do this there's no there's no entry there's no, there's no nothing to pay to get into this really it's just well get your, your piece and go it's like I said brave new world brave new world but now I'm thinking about doing it <laughs> thinking about Pat's line of games I've seen lots of people go from I will not do NFTs to doing lots of NFTs we can blockchain quick. we can blockchain Ian face reactions we could do that. You can own Ian's facial reaction about different topics we've done. Different laughs, different consternation, yelling at Patrick for Light and Double Dragon. We can do a whole <laughs> line of these, and now I want to do it. <laughs> it's it's you know, the idea of creating collectibles is fun. What yes. would you make? Yep. But the, the, the method by which it happens is not great. Well, it's the end result. It's like, yeah, I would love to make my own, my own like, say, I always want to do like my own action figure line. I want people to own the action figure, though. Not like, well, let's make an image of an action figure and sell it. A 3D image. That's like not... Yeah, now I'm just more interested in the idea of making actual CU podcast trading cards so that people can open packs. Send them out. N- n- Why can't we do that? Like, moments from the CU podcast. We, we absolutely we, can. We can do, like, person- like personality profiles. We can do the, we can do the, the checklist. We're going to disrupt the NFT market with NFTs you can hold. We're gonna reinvent trading we can do, cards. We can do like a sixty-four card set. Set we could. <laughs> we could. Not a big one. Oh shit! Someone's gonna. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll get back to that. We'll, get, right. back, we'll get back to that. Ian has. Ian has not had an idea like that ever. Before we can. We can like monetize like something like that. So that actually makes sense. And we do the hologram cards. Yeah, you got do the hologram, hologram cards. We, we can do the Pat and Ian shirtless combo hologram card. Oh, all right, Ian, we have a we have a Patreon poll. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you uh, commit funds. <laughs> you, you commit fungible funds. You commit funds. Uh, we yeah, You get the full video podcast that way. Uh, we do hangouts. I got to do a hangout this weekend. I'm going to do a hangout this weekend, this Sunday. You got to do a writing, too. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Got to do a writing. It's about that time. Uh, last week, I did some tiny tales from the game stores. Go check that out. And uh, we do a poll topic that you vote on. This week, Patrick, what do we got? Uh, well, uh, in second place, would a monetary or other indicator cause you to sell your game collection? 39%. And in first place, the big winner, the big winner. Do big video game releases get too much hype? Yes. They do. End of topic. <laughs> End of topic. Um, this is actually uh, coming off of an interesting article that is now a few months old. 
Um, That's about how long we wanted to talk about this topic. Yeah, that uh, was put out on Nintendo Life by uh, Mitch Vogel uh, called Soapbox. The modern games industry has a hype problem and it needs to stop. And in it, he starts talking about um, Bayonetta 3 and how people, you know, excitedly want footage of it. Um, He talks about uh, cyberpunk. I think obviously cyberpunk is is one of the um, probably biggest examples of overhype in in recent years. Sure. Uh, but all games, you know, uh, fall victim to this. I think at this point, uh, Last of Us Two, you know, uh, falls victim to it every year. The Call of Duty games get a hype cycle. Um, Star Wars games get hype cycles. Everything gets gets these huge hype cycles. And he talks about it in uh, his personal experience with it involves the Yoshi's games, the Yoshi games, the recent ones, um, how on the Wii U, uh, he really liked uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. I did as well. I thought it was a great game, a little easy, but very, very pretty and fun. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how hyped up he got for Yoshi's uh, Crafted World on... Um, on the switch and how it was a big letdown for him and how there were certain problems with it that definitely affected it. You know, uh, he said there was too much, um, you know, hunting and pecking, basically collecting and stuff like that. But the big problem was he realized he had turned it into a game in his head that it could never possibly have been, uh, on release. And, uh, this has been happening more and more in the games industry. And I, I don't think there's really any, benefit to it. I think I think we're starting to see the end of the benefit to these sorts of hype cycles. To the cycles. consumer. Yes, we're starting to see the end of the benefit. Um, it used to be that this would get people pumped out and you'd get people pre-ordering games and you'd get people all out so they could get a game on the night of release. But I think now with digital uh, and the fact that you can get a game from your couch, you no longer need to pre-order. Uh, the hype cycle there is no need to necessarily rush out and get the game right away. You'll always be able to get a copy. So I think people have started to calm down a little bit and wait after a game is released to see what happens. And it just, it's been ending in disappointment uh, time after time uh, as it did with, with cyberpunk. Uh, These companies are showing uh, gameplay footage such as like the, um, you know, the cinematic trailers. I hate cinematic trailers uh, that are basically just cutscene that are supposed to give you an idea of a game, but don't actually show you there's no gameplay. any it's, of the gameplay. I mean, it's a cliche, but there's no gameplay. So and what I, are you showing me? And I think about it when we go back to Cyberpunk, how I have really, I, I, in my head, I had an idea of how the game was going to play based on what they described, but they don't focus on any of that stuff. You don't see no. the gameplay. You don't have any... I don't... Your expectations are not realistic in a, any way, shape, or form. And yeah. it's hard to have a realistic expectation when the developers are, are going out of their way to not show you what they're working on. Um, and I think it's a two-way street, though. We get... We we become attached to these games so early on. You be How many people were cyberpunk fans doing cyberpunk cosplay, putting cyberpunk art up, making cyberpunk icons for their fucking, you know, uh, their Twitter feed without ha- knowing anything about the game? People are buying into these games whole hog before they even come out to the point where when they come out, you have people who are so bought into it with this hype cycle that they have to defend it because they've put so much of themselves into this game. And it's it, 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 it's it's ridiculous. It's not good. We need to go back to looking at a game, looking at a preview. It's like it's like the, it's like the, uh, the the games dev and publishers basically get free marketing 
by overhyping it earlier, hyping it. And then you have all these people that are keeping it in the consciousness and doing all these things, like you said, uh, for the benefit, not of themselves, but for the publisher. Right. And in a era where money is the most important with these sales, I, I hate to say it, developers might not think this way, but publishers are going to look at it and be like, these problems with the game don't matter. Look at the market we already have for it. Sure. It's going to sell anyway. Oh, yeah. Cyberpunk made money. Yeah. But it, 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 it you know, it, was it worth it? I, I don't know. So, yes, there's definitely, I think it's, it, it's an obvious question. Uh, there is a hype problem. But I do think it's partially the devs, but it also falls on us. We have to uh, well, stop being these consumers that buy into the idea of a game or like a piece of concept art and decide that we're going to make this our banner for the next two fucking years. But that's a whole other it's conversation. It's, I don't know if it's more sociological. I, I'm not the type of person that will buy into uh, a new console or a new game and spend years of my life following it. No, I am the exact opposite. I, I just if, don't have time. If That's a game why... looks interesting to me, I go on, it, like, from the earliest, earliest, uh, like, uh, previews, if a game looks interesting to me, I go on Media Blackout because I just want to experience it fresh. So I had no idea, according to this, I'll get into the Game Awards themselves and how, I mean, at this point, obviously, Game Awards, it's, it's a marketing campaign that the show, we know that. They're the ones who, yeah. who, who buy the fucking airtime or whatever. I had no idea Bayonetta 3 was announced that far long ago and isn't out yet. I had no idea. Oh, like yeah. Three and a half years ago and it's still not out yet? I had no idea. None. There's no reason to have a game announced that early before it comes out. We no. talked about the Metroid Prime 4 thing, how embarrassing that was for Nintendo. Nintendo did not have to do that, even that little in-development thing. That, did not, that benefited nobody to have that. Then embarrassingly have to admit we, we junked the whole game and started over. I think that benefits no one. It, it benefits no one, and Nintendo um, has been pretty good about that lately. I, it made me think that that was kind of early on in the Switch. That was before, hubris. But it was yeah. also before they had a huge library of sure. titles already out and under their belt, and I think they wanted something to kind of entice people who are holding on. I'm not saying it's good, but Nintendo doesn't normally do that. They usually do the hey, look at this game. It's out in three months. Sure. At least they've been doing that with so, the Switch. And I think Metroid talked obviously, them a lot. Obviously, companies do this for awareness because there's so many <clears> games being being made. But um, it's also for like Ian said, it's for pre-orders. You're guaranteed with that hype to get a certain number of pre-orders because people have been waiting on fucking a game like Cyberpunk now for like three, four, five years. That right? Oh, I'm putting out my pre-order. This game's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be uh, you know GTA, but in the future with Keanu and all this stuff. And Keanu will come out to the Game Awards and say hi. Keanu has nothing to do with the quality of the game. We all love Keanu. Him, right. him being paid by, by uh, CG Project Red to come out and say hello real quickly, that doesn't mean the game's going to be any better or worse. I'm sure Keanu is actually a good person from the things I've read. Yeah, but Keanu isn't on stage telling you about Cyberpunk because he thinks it's a great opportunity that you just got to hear about. No, he got a check for it. Keanu did his, did his uh, motion capture and his acting probably like whatever in like a few days, five, six days or whatever. Did his voiceover. He has no idea that the game coming out is going to be a piece of shit. No idea. He probably saw the news. It's probably, you know, it's bummer, man. Yeah. He probably, probably was bummed by that because he thought this would be a cool project. He's presented the best case. So when I saw that happen at the Game Awards, the past one, that was, was that the first what, two ago? Was that 2019? That was pre-COVID because he was there in person. That was pre-COVID. That wasn't Game Awards. That was E3 when he came out. Okay. Well, maybe he did Game Awards too. E3 was the your fabulous thing. Whatever. Yeah. Keanu's been around. The whole point is this, is that <clears throat> this that's where I tune, tune out. I, 
it's the whole it, I think this all comes back to the gamer as a lifestyle and when it becomes too much of a of 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 your life versus just taking a step back and being okay do you already have my 70 bucks just because you have a couple of cool trailers and you got Keanu in there is that enough to get my pre-order versus waiting for the reviews to come out and can I actually fucking play this game on my console without it crashing like is people have to take a step back I understand though I understand getting excited but also yeah me too I think the reason these companies also do this they know people have budgets they know that they're competing for your dollars for someone right. else. Not everyone has you know a thousand dollars a year to, to spend on new games. You may have five hundred dollars, maybe you have four hundred dollars. I can buy maybe in theory, you know, not talking about me, but in general, like maybe I buy like six, seven new AAA games a year. That's my budget. I can afford like five hundred dollars. You're competing. This company's CD Projekt Red is competing against Nintendo and everyone else. They know that they're not stupid. Yeah. So, but they don't care that they got your money. They don't care if a game comes out and you can't fucking play it on your PS4, your base PS4. They don't care. Uh, they obviously didn't, or else they wouldn't have released it. Their work is done. <clears throat> oh, we'll patch it up later. Maybe yeah. maybe you can play it in three months. Getting to market and making money is is the end goal for something. Not, not that all big. these companies, but no, like for what, something that big. Yes, yes, something with that much, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. Recouping money those. is all they care about. Yeah, and they could have waited, but they don't care. Um, so that's why when I watch these the, the game awards in particular, when they have when they had an audience and they're hooping and hollering. I'm like, are these are these paid plants? Are they really getting that excited over a trailer for a game that won't be out for like two, three years that doesn't show gameplay? Or it's just a cinematic? I just don't. That's where I'm either too old or I'm not really a gamer or whatever. I'm disconnected. But I don't remember a time in my life where I was excited over a game that I ended up buying over uh, a cinematic trailer or something like that. I wanted to see gameplay at least. Sure. I wanted to see it. So is there too much hype? Yeah, Absolutely. But I don't th- know what we can do about it. I don't know if people are going to see this um, this disaster that's happened with Cyberpunk and be like, okay, I got to take a step back. I got I got God on this one. I'm not going to get God on the next one and wait four years and be disappointed. Yeah. All right, Ian, we got uh, we got some uh, voicemails to do. Oh, hey, let's do these voicemails. Oh, you sound excited, Ian. Anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. <clears throat> I'm working up an appetite. And uh, you can keep it keep it short and sweet. You know, like. You know, like like twenty seconds. Hey, 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 Pat. I like pork roll, and here you go. Here's what I want to say. <laughs> I need some pork roll. I'm getting more, I'm getting more pork pork roll t- tweets. It's, like it's getting carried in more parts of the U.S. now. They, they they're on the pork That's roll right. ba- bandwagon. Bandwagon. Good old John Taylor is getting out there. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll go through some of these. Okay, the first one. Do I got it here? Uh, here you. I I just had. I'm so bad at this. Where I'm always thinking, oh, I got it ready to go. And then I don't find it again. So, um, let's see. Oh, here we go. I got it. Paper Mario. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Ian and Pat. This is Brian from Two Punks, One Pod at Anchor FM. Um, My question is, if you could take any franchise and change its genre forever, what would you choose? What would you choose, Ian? You can swap out a genre of, of a game, if that even makes sense. From the two punks, one pod. Who've now this is the second or third time they've. I, I would take Call of Duty and turn it into a, a board game collection. <clears throat> a board game collection, or actually a board game. A board game collection. Yeah, just a bunch of military men sitting around playing spades, cards. Oh, I thought you meant they're collecting board games. Okay, <laughs> a collection of board games. <laughs> I literally just pulled that. So out of World, my ass. World War Two, they're playing oldie Monopoly. So just sitting around playing Monopoly. They're playing old, the old. Was there oldie Uno? When, did, was, when was Uno invented? The seventies or the eighties? That's what you would do? Yeah, we can do some time futzing. 
I always talked about how the, the the weirdest one ever was Chase X U becoming like a um, action platform with the detectives from inside the car actually having their adventure. Nothing was ever ported any any console uh, back then. But it was it's an arcade game that I've never seen in person, but it's a game. Hmm. Uh, okay, what's what's next here? Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Gino. Two questions for Ian. One is there going to be a third part to your stalker tale? No, there will not be. Ian's gone over that before. No. Next. And two, I'm curious to know if you get a lot of people that come into Luna asking to record for their YouTube channel or asking you for an interview um, since you've started working on the CU podcast. Thank you, guys. I hope to hear a lot more from you in the future. You'll hear a little bit. Come in and ask for interviews? So I, I, I can break this up into three things. Since I've started doing the podcast, people... Uh, we'll come into the store to say hey because of the podcast. Um, <clears throat> I've never been asked to do an interview uh, at work, and I wouldn't do an interview at work because I'm at work. Um, and uh, yes, uh, not because of the podcast, but people do come in and have asked if they could. Some people know me, some people don't, but they have asked if they can shoot some footage for a YouTube video or something like that on game hunting or whatnot. And okay. we're always ha- we're happy to accommodate that. As long as um, they don't film, uh, I don't. I don't want to be filmed on the job. Gotcha. I always say you can't film me doing any sort of interactions with the customers, but you can film all the B roll you want. You you can, t- you can film the case you while don't talking. Want Billy That's, and Jay coming and doing a skit with you or a right. little thing. I don't want to be part show. of your video, gotcha. but you can use the store, the displays. You can do whatever you want in terms of um, recording. Gotcha. Hey, Pat and Ian, it's Stephanie again. Um, I want to first off by saying thanks to Ian for not taking any offense to my question. Uh, it really was all in good fun. Second, I really am so sorry to hear, Pat, that no one has ever had your back before. But honestly, I was being gentle on Ian. Don't even get me started on that asshat Tommy Tellerico. The guy <laughs> has no room to talk. He can't even keep his story straight. Ooh. And the Amico seriously has as much appeal as a tiger handheld. I really think a Tomy Waterfall ring toss game will be more entertaining. But anyway, don't worry. I got both you guys backs on that one. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, thanks, Stephanie. Stephanie, I, Stephanie I, I, I'm more turned on the more you... You, 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 you got to stop, Pat. Um, it's weird. She's, she's, she's pushing all my buttons here. With, with, with the <laughs> Waterfalls are great, though. I do love I was going to say, Stephanie, I have to criticize you a, a little bit here. There is more... A tiger handheld has more use to the, the television amico. Don't put down don't don't put down the the handhelds there. If it's skeet shooting, it's a good one. But the Tommy waterfall, the the Tommy the Tommy waterfall things. I almost forgot about those. I love those those ring things. I've always wanted. This is one of those weird things that I've had in my head for a long time. Uh, when I get a place with space, I want to get a full set of perfect waterfalls, just beautiful condition. There's more than one. Lots of them, and I want to put them. On shelves on the wall. I think they look so. They're cool. the basketball one. There's the basketball. Okay, there was more. Toss, yes, there's there a was, pyramid yeah. building yes, one. Yes. There's lots of. Them. When those come and out, then there's the mini ones. Uh, 70s. I was gonna say, were they 70s at first? <clears throat> I think they came out in the 70s. Those water games, they took a hit with, with video with like handhelds. They were they were big when I was when I was like four or five. There was a lot of those things around. Thanks, Stephanie. And not that no one has my back, but it seems like sometimes there are there have been people who have not gone to bat for me. The way I would like them. I'll just say that. Like them too. All right. There had a few. Up. Hey, Pat and Ian. There's a long history of video game characters with children. 
Donkey Kong and DK Jr., Pac-Man and Pac-Man Jr., even Bowser had a few. My question is, if you guys are ever planning to have kids of your own, thanks. Dave from Connecticut. <laughs> thanks, Dave. <laughs> I, mean, actually, I mean, that was short okay. to the point. Uh, no, I don't ever plan on having children. None, of, none, none of your business, Dave. I mean, it's because I had to. I mean, I can, I cannot. I mean, it's, a, it's a fair enough question. I don't think it's that personal. No, I, I, don't, mean, I, I, don't, I don't plan on ever having kids. I could, you know, could not. A lot of money. College is a lot of money, but hopefully college by then is not a thing. No children. Hey, Batney, and this is Chano from Baltimore. My sister always said, why have kids when you can have cats? That's my sister's favorite Mm -hmm. thing. Hey, Batney, and this is Chano from Baltimore. Sometimes on the podcast, you talk about how to introduce old games to new people. When I think a friend who isn't into the hobby might like a retro game, I liken it to old movies. Like, the graphics and sound might be primitive, like a silent black and white film, but you can still appreciate the artistry in spite of the limitations. So that explanation works for people I know, but what do you guys say to people who might not know why old games are the way they are? Thanks, um, thanks uh, Shiano. Um, I don't know, I, I, but this is coming up every other week now with people trying to tell me Legend of Zelda is not fun or not a good game, and I'm I'm just like over it. I'm sort of trying to, I try to say, listen, this, why is video games the only media that we put this through this weird lens where where it because it came out back then, I got to use modern sensibilities to judge it. We don't do that with, with with music, with movies, with TV shows. For some reason, video games has this weird prism where, oh, if I can't jump in and play it, understand it right away, it must be garbage. Or if it looks a little bit different than how it, I like games to look, then it, I can't do it. And uh, I, there's just some people that don't like playing stuff that doesn't fit their uh, their sensibilities or or, 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 or or just what they're used to. I, that's why what it comes down to. So I try to convince people that like something like Legend of Zelda... I hear people saying, oh, it's too confusing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, there was a manual. There was a map. It laid out for you the basics and wh- how to get going, how to find the first, what, t- three or four dungeons. It wasn't like us eight-year-olds dro- dropped it and like threw our NESs out the window. And it, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how to convince someone that they didn't grow up with it. They didn't grow up with like reading a manual or, or maybe... Like we're in a different time where people jump in the games and there's tutorials and they they basically hold hand you for the first portion of the game. I don't know how you get past that. When it comes to the way a game looks, listen. If if you say that, then you can't watch any black and white movie because it doesn't have color and it's automatically crap. I mean, no, you cannot judge entertainment uh, outside of the time it was in. It's very tough to do that for the I, most part. It's I, tough. I, I my take on Zelda is personally I don't think the original Zelda is very fun. I just oh, then you're I've, crazy. I've never okay. particularly loved the first Zelda. And I think there is something to be said about that. I think there is something to be said about what you're saying too. I think the difference is people who are playing Zelda now for the first time are loading up a ROM or loading up a uh, loose cartridge and trying to jump in and have fun with it. We take for granted the fact that we got big manuals with games, that it was part of the process of playing a game to read a manual, that we had magazines circulating with tips and tricks and maps in them, and there was a culture around the games that made them easier to jump into. Very few of us were ever jumping into a game cold back then. So I do understand that people who are trying to play the game by simply loading up a ROM these days are not going to find it very fun because they're not surrounded by the things that give the game context. But that's not that's not the game's problem. It's your problem. Like, that's not the game's problem. The game was made in a specific time. Well, the game was that. made in a specific time and it yeah. doesn't stand up to the progression of technology. It shouldn't have to stand up to the progression of technology. That's the whole point. They, the Nintendo did not make Legend of Zelda in 2021. They made it in 86. 
That's the point. I think it's very understandable to not like The Legend of Zelda today. No, no, but just don't, firing it up. That's that's different than telling me it's a bad game. It is not a bad game. It's don't give me that look. It's a classic game. It's a classic. If it wasn't a I classic, I firmly, firmly believe it was in not things classic, not aging well. I, it's that's that's so weird. Okay, Le- Le- Legend of Zelda is probably one of the one of the you know if, you, if you're looking at best console games of the 80s it, it's probably in the top 20 it's easily. huge it's important but without those easily. materials around you it's not a fun game how many games back then could you play without the materials could you play those ultima games that came with the fucking nope. cloth map and, and i those hate maps? those ultima games but there are classics and they're you cannot tell me they're bad games even if i'm not into it that's the point don't tell me it's a bad game because you don't like how it was created at the time it was you know and how it was a bestseller and everyone liked it it's also we're also at a different time when it's no longer I want to beat a game in two hours without knowing anything about it. I don't know, man. The bread That's, in the Middle Ages was probably important, but it did not age well. The bread in the Middle Ages. Yeah, it, I mean recipes for bread advance. The bread that was good back then is not good bread now. It doesn't matter what condition you're, you're it was. You're comparing me me making food during 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 the black. I am plague. saying that some things in food. I'm saying compared to, to other to things, things age poorly. You're, you're comparing food to entertainment. Yes. I'm comparing the creation of things. Just because that's how it was created then doesn't mean I have to think it's a great game. So Shakespeare's bad because it was written in Old English? Shakespeare fucking blows. Uh, okay, Ian. All right. We're going to agree to disagree there. Shakespeare blows. Okay. All right. Julius Caesar is the only Shakespeare player. Shakespeare like. blows. That's what it comes down to. You yes. think Shakespeare is good or he blows. Okay. Next up. Okay. Simple enough. Carlos from California here. My question to you is, has there ever been something you thought you saw as a kid, whether a game or in a game? that ended up not being real when you look it up years later. Me, for example, I have a very vivid memory as a child of playing Beavis and Butthead on the Super Nintendo in a purple cartridge. Obviously, a certain SNES guidebook will tell you a purple cartridge was never made for the Super Nintendo. So has anything similar happened to you guys? A Mandela effect with video games? Yes, and it's funny because I was actually talking about this with a friend the other night. For a long time, I was absolutely convinced there was a copy, uh, there was a version of City Connection for the Game Boy. It does not exist. It's never existed. You thought one existed. But I was, I was certain for a couple of... It seems like a game that should exist Yeah, on it, it. it yeah. just seemed like something that should have existed, and I was... And, and that would be the, the, your favorite game of all time, your favorite handheld... Oh, God. And game, like, City Connection on a Game Boy with, like, little shitty Game Boy, yeah, it would be amazing. But, um, no, it doesn't exist. To barely so. make out the cat. <laughs> um... <laughs> God, I had a friend who was saying something about that the other night, and now I can't remember what his example was. But yeah, that, one? that's that's one for mine. For me. Um, I'm trying to think if I had one. Looking back, I was always pretty good. Clear, I, I think I had one in the PC. That I can't remember that I was. I was sure I played something on the PC that was or a console or I reversed the PC versus the console. But I can't. I can't think of. It. I never had a lot of Mandela effect stuff, or it's a different reality. Different. It's a, it's a different dimension. Hi, this is Devin from Nova Scotia, Canada. I know you both used to be wrestling fans i was wondering who your favorite wrestler tag team and stable of all time are. wrestlemania was yesterday we used to do a whole maybe we used to do a, we used to do a whole like 25 minutes on wrestlemania well, i didn't give a shit about wrestlemania this year uh, I, didn't give a, I didn't care no, at all. I, I actually there was there is one match that i might go try to seek out somewhere i heard the um i heard the cesaro rollins match was very good yeah they're actually allowing cesaro to win matches and actually realize this guy is fucking super talented but i guess heard, what you should have did that five years, years ago, ago. Well, that's, that's the whole problem with, with WWE. It's always like five years too late with, with these guys. Um, so favorite tag teams? Uh, well, favorite Back wrestler. In the day. Favorite wrestler? Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. He's up there for me. Uh, yeah. s- with a with with Eddie Guerrero being a very close second. 
Um, depending on the day, I might pick Eddie over Macho Man. Uh, tag teams don't really have one, although I used to love watching the uh, Japanese three- and four-man tag matches uh, in Torimon, which became Dragon Gate. Um, I really liked watching the Crazy Max matches. Um, I feel like that's popular enough that some people will know what I'm talking about. Uh, stable? LWO. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the worst one. You went there. Um, back in the day, my favorite tag team, I, well, this is like mid-80s, the Killer Bees. Uh, they weren't around a huge amount of time. Like They weren't around for like two years in WWE, but I remember liking I like the whole gimmick with the masks and, th- and this thing, but that's like, that's when I was watching the MSG, literally the MSG shows that they would show on the MSG network. So if you were outside of New York City, you never saw them wrestle, uh, really. Um, I used to love the Rockers. They were my, they were my favorite tag team. I liked the Rock and uh, Sock Connection. <laughs> I like I like the Rockers, and I always was mad they never got they never got the belts. They never got the, they never, they always were like the you know they they, they mid carters, but they never were like the main event tag team it was always like Demolition or or uh, Legion of Doom or whatever. It was but it was yeah always like the Rockers, and then wrestlers of the time back then. Um, I always go back to well well, of course. It's, it's bad to say, but now, but Chris Benoit used to be my favorite wrestler for years and years. I was there at WrestleMania 20 when he won uh, MSG, and that was amazing that they actually put it on him. Uh, obviously, it's unfortunate what happened after that. Uh, but back in the day, um, I, I I always liked Mr. Perfect, even though you kind of knew that he, he was so good. Kurt he Henning, was that very good. He was so fucking good that even when he was a heel, you're like, this guy is good. Like, even though he has that arrogant personality, like, this guy is... Like, even when you were a kid, you knew that. I knew wrestling was... was fake sure i was like nine ten, but it was like wow this guy is super good i'm not supposed to like him but i like him i used to use him in, in WrestleFest. he's mr perfect in ultimate warrior they're the, the perfect weird tag team that i used to always use all right what's next here hey pat and ian it's brent's from whippany new jersey oh, whippany. what's going on you only give us 20 seconds to talk now yet you're pushing an hour-long intro anyway please talk about growing up with dusty diamond all-star softball and nes having been a wiffle ball enthusiast growing up i would have loved this game but I only learned about it from watching reruns of the NES marathon. Anyway, you good? All right, take care. Hey, Brad, I don't care from New Jersey. From one Jersey to another, you don't sass us on the podcast. <laughs> you don't go Jersey on me. I'll send <clears throat> Stephanie after your ass if you do that. Um, we, Dusty Diamond, talk about it. I mean, it's a really a fantastic game. We talked about it. Uh, did we play on the, the marathon this past year? Uh, I don't think we did this past year, but we have most years. It's not a game that I, I grew up with. I remember seeing it in... I think we rented it, or did Billy have it? I remember I seeing it, it in magazines year. and thinking, this looks cool, and reading about it. But I don't think I actually really gave it any time until I was in my probably my late teens. Um, so, no, I didn't grow up with it. But it is a fun game. It's a neat idea. I, I definitely think there could be a Sandlot-style uh, baseball game put out now with weird characters that would do uh, great. Well, would be great. I think you could do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, you got to read the manual to know the stats of it. <clears throat> there's dozens of players in Dusty Diamond. Oh, there's, there's a shitload. Dozens they, of them. I mean, them. The, the player select screen is crazy. They just cram all these little faces there's on there. Dozens of them. I'm always so, finding ones that I swear are like new. But they're all. They all have different skills. Some fly in the air. Some do like super wind up. Some like you can't tag them on the base path. They'll run you over. Uh, and they all have different faces. That's what's so impressive about this. I'm actually most impressed about the graphics. Not so much the fact that in the field, yeah, they just paste the faces on them, all the individual faces of the players, so you know who's who. But at, when they're batting, they all look different. They all look different when they're batting and when they're pitching. That, to me, is super impressive that no other baseball game did on the NES, I can think of, where the individual players, you can identify them by how they look. Like every single one, all dozens of them. So that's that's impressive to me that they did that. 
all right, next. To it, and um, you, Pat Negan, Ian from Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill. Yo, you should not the Jersey. Sleep on WandaVision. Uh, not sleep on WandaVision. I was uh, disappointed the first episode. The second got me hooked. You'll really like it. It is definitely not a setup to uh, f- uh, future uh, Phase Four. It's 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 its own really good series. I got you. Not to you can tell someone's from Jersey. These two in a row, a little more aggressive than the, the sure. typical person. <laughs> got sassed by Brandon Eanes telling me to go watch a uh, WandaVision. I you know, I watched it, and like I said, it was it was better than I thought. It wasn't just a setup, but uh, boy, am I like loving. Winter Sol- uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm in love with that show so far. I mean, it has the potential. There's only six episodes, only three left. The way it's going, it can be like a top five MCU sort of property on its trajectory in my eyes. How many different nice themes are in there and the action. I do want to watch that one at some point. Oh boy, it's been it good. And only six episodes, not 10 or 12. Like they know when they get in and out with it. This is Paul from Raleigh and C. What I want to know is. If the you from 20 years from now time traveled back to today and told you, check out this amazing game sequel, what game would you be hoping you brought back in time? That's kind of fun. Well, they would have all aged by then, so I wouldn't want to play them. That's what would have happened in the future. <laughs> okay, Sass Master. Uh, what would I have hoped for? I would love to see a Trap Gunner sequel. Let's do that. Trap Gunner? Let's do a Trap Gunner I, sequel. Is that the arcade one? No, Trap Gunner it was a PlayStation game by Atlas that is similar to uh, kind of like a Spy vs. Spy. It's a one versus one game where you can Ooh. where you have melee attacks, but you also lay traps, and uh, you have to like kill the other person. Cool. I never heard of this. Trap Gunner is a ton of fun, and it's not well known. Oh, now, oh, hidden this is Ian's hidden gem this series. Is a, this is a this is a hidden gem. Is, does it play better than Spy vs. Spy? Yes, it does. There's like different characters you can use. Yeah, it just reminds me a little bit of it because yeah, you can set traps, you can detect traps, you've not, got melee. Not weapons. a lot of not a lot of games in the one versus one spy hunter genre. No. Excuse me, spy versus spy genre. Not a lot, but it's neat. And we'll do a few more here. Hey, Pat and Ian, two quick questions for you. Um, when's the big sell-off, Pat? You know, I've been waiting on that. And um, second, what is some eBay etiquette? that you could recommend for all the buyers and sellers out there for the guys who are just getting into game collecting. Hey, Daniel, you're getting froggy about me selling my games like the third or fourth time. <laughs> He's commented. <laughs> It'll come, Daniel. You got some cash on you? You need some cash uh, to, to buy this stuff. Um, some etiquette for eBay. Well, you're not supposed to do the backdoor deals. That's always bad. You're not supposed to do the backdoor deals. That ruins it for everyone, even for yourself sometimes. If someone has something, let the auction play out. Don't try to, don't try to get it, you know, feel like you're pulling one over. There's no honor amongst thieves. I get that. There's no honor amongst game collectors for the most part. You know, some of us have, but a lot don't. Uh, we get that. One thing that I would say is if you make an offer on something and the person doesn't respond, don't make the offer again or try to get through to them again. They saw it and they declined it. Uh, I, no, they don't decline unless they click decline, though. <clears throat> There's a decline button. Yeah, and what I'm saying is don't... Oh, if they decline. Yeah, like oh. uh, people... You might uh, offer more, though. I just think that, well, I just noticed that people seem to want, you don't have to, some people don't even click decline. I just, they get a lot of offers. I don't think you need to manage every single one of them. 
Are you white knighting for eBay sellers with best offers? Like, what's happening right now? You know, because people who make best offers are generally assholes. <laughs> and I get that best offers are a thing. I make best offers and stuff and get a list of best offers. It's part of it. What I'm saying is you don't... Assholes? That's why it's there. You, Some you... people make lo- very low, low offers, though. Well, you do, uh, you do automatic saying, rejections for those. You make the low offer, but you don't get salty if the person doesn't... I've gotten super low offers for autographed NES guidebooks where it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not doing that, but I don't... You, know, I don't you get... auction? Autograph guidebooks? The returns. Oh, the returns. I, I put them for sale. I put them up for or, or best offer. I don't auction them, but or best offer. And sometimes I've got super low offers. But you know what I did it for that? I put down the auto rejection thing. I was like, all right, I'll do, do the auto rejection thing where anything below her, you know. Yeah, maybe I don't really have any eBay etiquette to offer. <laughs> maybe I just... I think he's been maybe on eBay I, for a while. Maybe I just well, tried to say something. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, that's the weirdest thing. It's like, I have oh, nothing to say. Oh, these poor eBay sellers and their best offers get these... They got to click reject. It takes so much alone. time out of their... Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Do you know like some vinyl guys, I guess, that got upset over this? It's like, wow, you went hard for that. that I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that First of all, if you do it, fake it till you make it. I had to come. I know, and you went hard. I, I had to come intensely. Shakespeare sucks, I, and you white knighting for the eBay Shakespeare sellers. Shakespeare can absolutely oh eat my ass. Oh god, he can. He's dead. He's been dead for like eight hundred years. I'll, um, re- I'll reanimate um, him just so he can. <laughs> With that mustache, it'll tickle He'll you. He'll rise out of the grave <laughs> right into my ass. I'm just gonna put it. That right mustache should make you laugh and tickle yeah. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say this about it: if you're a seller. If you put down a best offer option, make sure you really want a best offer. Because sometimes they put it down. Just yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what he meant. Because I've done it where it was like a $50 game and like offered them, you know, I'll offer you like 46 bucks, and it's like they're insulted by that. And it's like, what, well, okay, then what's $4 less than what you have? What are you hoping for, forty nine fifty? Well, that, thanks. Now you're opposite. You should be on their side. So that's what I mean, like. The best offer thing is funny. Either do it or don't. I'm fluid when it comes to eBay. You're, you're fluid? Yeah. You're eBay fluid? <laughs> My, I'm eBay fluid. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's what that's what I'm going to say uh, when it comes one to One more. That. I got to pee and then I got to gonna gotta eat. We're going to do one more. What the hell? It's from the Two Punks One Pod. You, you guys got to slow down the number because you made two in one. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Brian from Two Punks One Pod at Anchor FM. My question for you is, would you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? All right, I was going to give you credit, two punks in one pod. I was going to try to help you out. I'm giving, we're giving you free plugs, basically, in essence, for your podcast. you got to be kidding me, guys. You're killing me now. All right, well, that's that's it for uh, this uh, this very, very uh, enlightening and fun. It's one of our more fun uh, voice voice message segments. We put the fun in funcast. And, and fungible. And fungible. All right, that's it for the CU Podcast. Goodbye. This is a, this is we're in rare form, man. If it's like this, we might go to 400 episodes. We'll see. Real awake today? No, oh, yeah. I said you said you weren't awake. It was all the extra moisturizer seeping through. It is. All right, that's it. Uh, yeah, again, I'm on Twitch Wednesday uh, afternoons or Wednesday late afternoons, early evening in the East Coast. Ian will never show I'll up. I'll be there with bells on. Just people wanted you to say hi. They love you. twitchtv slash Um and then uh, I have a new flea market manifest by the end of the month. NES Punk, maybe in May. Maybe for my birthday. Maybe my birthday's in a month. I'm going to be old. All right. Ian's done. I'll see you later. Bye.